0: Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 59 and in this edition we return to Castle Dimitrescu in third person as an array of new characters and in the concluding chapter of The Winter's Story. This is our immediate reaction to Resident Evil Village's The Winter's Expansion. My name is Cy and joining me on the panel this week He's pretty used to having his face hugged, but how does he fare with having it eaten and better yet, what does it taste like? It's Moist Owner aka James. That's my fetish. <laughs> A kitchen full of dolls with blades. It's Kelsey aka KDB.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: Like the executioner, he is also covered in faces and all of them scream for an RE Classic collection. It's Fire Button Steve Valance. Hello everybody. Every episode of First Aid Spray is recorded live on our Discord server, so join now to hear the show early and unedited, and to become part of our fantastic little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find a link to the server, as well as all of our social media profiles at our website, airfacespraypod.com. It's the support of our listeners that keeps First Aid Spray going, so why not check out our merchandise or our Patreon page? Tears begin at just $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash pod for a full list and the chance to create bonus first day to break content. It's not been very long at all since we did a podcast because of the massive endeavour that was Profile Chris Redfield getting pushed back. So uh, suffice it to say, if you haven't listened to that episode, go and do that and catch up. It is a bit of a monster, but I promise it's worth it. Uh, but because it has been not all that long we haven't put out for rarely we have not put out that much content that being said if you are a patreon supporter make sure you go check out our latest bonus episode on castlevania symphony of the night little known game that that is uh, that was a great <laughs> it's a great time that we all thoroughly enjoyed putting that together yes that is patreon exclusive for the next month as is a lot of our content so uh, yeah shout out to our patrons and there is definitely a wave of content coming soon as well that's about it from us so let's move into uh, a fairly straightforward version of the biohazard news
2: well uh, a little known story a little known franchise Uh, resident evil has now sold over 131 million copies worldwide
0: Yeah, so to put that into a bit of a broader context, uh, Capcom kind of revealing their numbers as they often do, Uh, Resident Evil, of course, their best-selling series at 131 million units. Monster Hunter is second, uh, over 88 million, and then Street Fighter under that, over 49 million. Uh, 131 million to 88 million is quite a jump. That being said, Resident Evil has been around a lot longer than Monster Hunter, so that's You know, pretty impressive on the Monster Hunter Hunter sort of side of things there. But yeah, again, not surprising. It's cool. I don't know if we have a whole lot to say on this. Um, I expect... Usually when they do these, like, here are our latest figures... We'll get like big franchise ones like this, but we'll get individual game updates. And it's been a few months. I think the last one was sort of like June since Capcom updated their mm. platinum titles part of their website. So hopefully some news comes on updated Resident Evil specific sales figures. But uh, yeah, Kelsey, what do you make of
1: this? Anything to? Add to this yeah, I feel like Resident Evil' is probably the only thing keeping Capcom from being acquired by a bigger company because <laughs> it's just so like it's helping them stay self sustainable and so it's really good to see um what is interesting is we've had loads of games come out, and then from what I understand is now we're getting like one game come out in the foreseeable, and that's it, like with Resident Evil hmm. um they said that they want to sell another 40 million games in the next year. Um, so they got Street Fighter 6 and then Remake 4. So they'll probably hit it with all the other games they've got as well. But it's just funny thinking sure. about Resident Evil. We've been kind of spoiled. And, you know, unless there is stuff on the horizon. But I think they literally said in this call or thing that they did, they only mm. have one Resident Evil game for the next... Oh, yeah. One game next year, I think it was. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. I think it
0: is... At this point, after Street Fighter 6 comes out, or has it come out, I don't know. But after that, um, yeah, I think it's all looking ahead to Remake 4. So I don't think there's any titles between Street Fighter and that, which is obviously right at the end of March. I think you're right, though. I think they'll hit their targets with it, because obviously that's going to do gangbusters. I mean, generally, you know, we said it a lot. We've been spoilt for Resident Evil content since we started the podcast, really. There's been a new game practically every year. This is one of the few years where we haven't had a brand new main kind of game you know discounting something like our reverse obviously um, and again that was promised last year so I don't know if technically if you can make it count but uh, <laughs> nonetheless we, I suppose we have had the DLC so it, in a weird way it has been a quiet year this year on the games front it's just that we've had the show and stuff like that to keep trucking along as well uh, Steve any thoughts on this?
2: I think the day may come when Monster Hunter actually eclipses RE, uh, the, the, the pace it's going, when you think about how many titles RE has, how long RE has been around. And Monster mm. Hunter, by comparison, is a a late PS2 franchise with only a handful of titles that's obviously come to present day. Uh, I feel like there is a chance it may one day catch up to its older brother. I feel like Street mm. Fighter is by the wayside at this point uh, generally thinking that if any Resi game is going to push you know, that 40 million boundary, it is probably going to be RE4. Now That game has legacy beyond just Resident Evil itself. It will draw in people who are curious about it because they played the old game. But overall, I think Capcom's in an okay place. I, the only thing I'm kind of puzzled about is we've got like Mega Man titles and other things that have just been sat on the back burner, barely get any news. Uh, the, mm. is it the Mega Man uh, oh, Battle Network Collection. I think it's the only thing in that franchise we've seen in a million years. And it's not even out yet. Uh, And then, yeah, besides Resident Evil, Street Fighter, there's not really much on the horizon. It's true,
0: actually. A lot of their IPs are quite quiet at the moment when you think about it. Because Mega Man, I remembered somewhat recently that they're making a TV show or whatever, or a movie Hmm. still, apparently. And Devil May Cry has been quiet for a few years after five. And there isn't anything from a bunch of their major series.
2: Yeah, there was a, there was rumours or or confirmations that I don't know if they are rumours because I don't see anything sensitive like Netflix doing something with Devil May Cry. Uh, yeah, yeah, no idea. Like that would be probably well, something you'd coincide with a new game release. You know, if you're being tactical about things.
0: Right, and that is you know whilst that's. Been rumored or talked about, and doesn't seem close to happening. Onimusha is happening, and that's a Capcom property. We know that's getting a show, so you know that could potentially kickstart some new games in that series.
3: So, fingers crossed, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, James, any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, um, I. So there is a common commonality between all these games, um, and especially the Resident Evil doing so well um and I'll harp on about it until the end of my days but it's the fact you can play pretty <laughs> much every resident evil on anything
0: yeah no for um,
3: sure and monster hunter has only just begun like becoming like an un, un-, un-, un- game right mm. so, and it's starting to really ramp up now too with monster hunter world and monster hunter Rises on steam as well um the like the more they do that the more the numbers are just going to keep skyrocketing uh if they keep making good games yeah very interested to see also how uh remake 4 is going to affect those sales um mm. i'm really interested to see how that game does uh, in terms of sales to be honest just in general cuz i know we we kind of all said it already but i think it's going to be a real like hit it that is. one yeah, like yeah. i i think it it's going to be even bigger than remake 2 when it comes out all um, right it's
0: i'm really excited to see what the latest up to date individual sort of SKU figures are for Resi Games because obviously 7 skyrocketed to the best selling game in the series as an individual release and Village did really well in its first few months you know who knows that might be number one and we just haven't found out yet Mm, Um, and they're keeping that trajectory up because yeah I agree you know Remake 4 has the potential to be yet another you know (laughs) smash hit success is a term that gets thrown around a lot but it could be yet again another game that goes straight to the top of their sales of all
2: Iconic. time. Yeah. I got exactly. <laughs> he parried a chainsaw with a knife. <laughs> oh my god, I must buy this game, said everybody ever. <laughs> On
0: every you. format. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and,
2: then, and, then, and then like every Twitter
3: every Twitter person's like, this game's too serious. Did you watch that part? <laughs>
0: Okay, well, that is it for Resident Evil news. So that means we get to launch into our exciting subject for this podcast, which is of course the Winters expansion. And now, reading the files on the recreation and manipulation of memory and recently written reports from Resident Evil Village in character as Mother Miranda, Carly J. You can follow on Twitter at Carly J underscore.
4: I have been experimenting with the possibilities of manipulating and reviving the consciousness stored within the Megamycete. When a person dies, their consciousness is stored and preserved, but over time it becomes diffused and diluted, spread thin throughout the Megamycete and mixed with the other consciousness and memories. Extracting and reassembling an individual who has thus diffused has proved a monumental effort. As an experiment, I decided to see what would happen if I used different individuals' consciousnesses to create an entity. The results were fascinating. I gathered fragments, re-spooled the threads, and succeeded in creating an individual birthed anew in this realm. A success to be sure. But while his unusual physique resembled a man I once knew, he was possessed of a deeply warped psyche, and he was missing a portion of his face. Conclusion. While manipulating memories to create a person is possible, the creations are flawed and unstable. It will not be possible to manufacture a suitable vessel in this way.
0: So once upon a time, I guess, I suppose, Resident Evil Village wasn't meant to have any DLC. That was the story we were told, whether or not that's true. But uh, after the release and the subsequent big success of the game, Capcom went, you know what, maybe we will do something. Uh, And we've waited quite a while. The game is now, what, a year and a half old? Mm. Um, Which is quite a long time for a game to get DLC, (laughs) a first helping of DLC, and obviously first and last um, but that has released um, what four day, four or five days ago, as of recording, uh, for individual purchase on whatever storefront you use. The Winter's expansion. It also comes packaged with a re-release of Resident Evil Village for Gold Edition. Before we, what we're going to do is obviously go through the sort of three major parts of the Winter's expansion and cover it all. But before we actually get into that, let's talk about Gold Edition. I'm kind of curious to see if you guys have any thoughts on this. Is I use the word controversy lightly, because I didn't see a lot of it, but I definitely see saw some people taking umbrage with it for good reason, I think. Uh, that is to say, Resident Evil Village Gold Edition is essentially a full-priced re-release of the base game in a new box with a new cover, and inside of that box is a DLC code for the new content. It does not come on the disc, it's just a part of the download code. Uh, Kelsey do you have any thoughts on this because
1: I personally thought
0: I, maybe I was just being hopeful that we were getting beyond this
1: kind of thing um, so there's a very important detail I think we need to clarify I don't think it's full price I think it's around the £34 mark which if that's the case I, I, I'm like a proponent of physical media and uh, you know I'm precious about that stuff but in this case I'm not that too bothered by it because what you're essentially buying is a discounted version of village plus the 15 quid dlc which okay i guess people want the dlc on the disc but i wasn't surprised to see it come out this way um this Hmm. is i mean it's not massively new this stuff is kind of more and more common um yeah as i say i'm precious about physical media this didn't bother me as much as it's bothered some people because i don't think it is full price um so so just to clarify that I've just quickly looked it up the RRP
0: for the UK version on PlayStation 5 is 45 pound but it is selling on Amazon.co.uk for 40 pound. Right okay. Um, and that seems pretty yeah. uh, across the board yeah. price-wise. Okay all right so, so it's pretty up there then okay yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, in the,
1: in that case yeah then it's it's incredibly cheeky. <laughs> I mean yeah the, the people are sort of have a right to be annoyed about that, you know, I, I had never really intended to buy the gold edition, so I'm, I don't have too much of a, you know, a dog in the race, I suppose, but, um, right, yeah, I, I get it, I get why people are annoyed, it's a shame, I, you know, we're seeing this all disappear now, Call of Duty just came out with 70 megabytes on the disc, um, you know, that's like <laughs> a colossal waste of plastic, for me, that's a bigger issue, and I'm kind of, right. I'm keen to know the cost of these cloud versions as well, because if they're going to be pushing... You know, top dollar. That's going to be a bit cheeky as well. So yeah, there's lots of issues. Um, but you know, I already bought Village, so it personally, it didn't bother me too much.
0: It's a good point about the cloud versions, uh, James. What are your thoughts on this? While I see if I can quickly figure out what the price of that is. <laughs> um,
3: so I, I, I agree that we should have that. We should have more physical media, but, but I do think it's starting to peter out. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the convenience of it. In defense of this, like, the gold edition, um, it was a lot of, well, quote, unplanned stuff. Um, And to physically, like, send stuff off, like, it costs a lot of money to do that, and it costs a lot of time, like, it's extra, right? So I'm wondering if they just decided that we're going to save some money by obviously they're going to save money but we're going to save money by putting it into a code rather than like printing a new disc yeah Yeah, having Mm. a new disc and making that whole thing Um, also I think that wasn't the original game when it first came out wasn't like 40 45 pounds as well Uh, Um, I think yeah probably to be
2: honest I do remember spending that it's normally around that yeah normalish prices and then special editions like way up it's got like a a statue and all these
3: other things Mm. I do Mm i'll get into it later on but um in again defense of this this game and the new stuff is really good for new players like Mm -hmm. if you if you come into this game and you've just bought the, the gold edition um you will be putting those hours in um fine. if you really really enjoyed the game like i've put over 100 hours into village mm. which means it's for me that's it's paid itself off yeah. mm-hmm. for me like the uh, 1 pound an hour for my fun you know is is fine for me and that's not what everyone goes by but um i do feel with the new gold edition stuff and the new dlc and the new stuff they've added in in gold edition it is worth it but it is still like, i can't deny it. it still it still is a little bit sus so
0: the Cloud Edition just for full clarity right now uh, because it released on the same day as the DLC Mm. is £32.98 on the Switch store which is a rather weird price but there you go Um, yeah no I think that it's a weird one because I know I don't like you Kelsey this doesn't necessarily affect me I didn't buy Gold Edition but um, I can see the issue with it and some of my issue with it I know is stuff that game companies outright don't care about why would they but for me it's just the thought of i'm wandering into a second hand store and i go oh resident evil village gold edition and what i'm actually buying is resident evil village (laughs) you know you get you get a download code that somebody's already used of course Mm. companies don't care about that because they don't want you to buy second hand (laughs) anyway um there you go that that's that's a thing, uh, Steve. What's your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, Three sixty era flashbacks. It's it's literally that whole right, EA yeah. thing where like you buy the game and then here's your online pass that you only use with this card, or here's your pre order bonus. It's just some gimmick gun. You know, in this case, it's an entire sizeable chunk of content though. Like, it, it's frustrating because, like you said, I mean, it's more of a reseller issue, and I, yeah. I don't think many of us are going to be buying it secondhand at this point. We, most people at least in our circles at least, would have already had village and then bought the DLC separately. But anyone who's diving mm-hmm. in now knew if they're getting gold edition second land, like I said, it is it's, it's they are probably getting ripped off and there's no way to counter counterbalance that and that yeah. isn't good. Um yeah, I I, I don't like it. I, I'm pretty sure that like even gold edition for R E five came like, you know, on the three sixty era back in the day, that was like a second disc that installed your stuff. So mm-hmm. I know I realize it's expensive to print these things, but I mean in the interest of game preservation and stuff as well, because it, it just takes one like up on this server, sorry, uh, one kind of internet hiccup and maybe stuff gets wiped. I, I, I don't know it just seems a bit strange to me not having any kind of preservation for it.
0: Yeah, I yeah, that's exact preservation is definitely an aspect, certainly. Um, but there you go. at least I thought it was at least worth addressing before we get into the meat of uh, the winter's expansion. So let's do that now. Um, So, of course, we have the Mercenaries additional orders that bulks out the Mercenaries mode. We have a third-person perspective option to play through the entire campaign. Uh, Both things that we'll talk about later. But let's get into the main course, Shadows of Rose. Not Shadow of Rose, Shadows of Rose. I keep saying it wrong. Um, Which is the additional chapters of the story takes place in 2037 after Resident Evil Village that's about 16 years from the perspective of Rosemary Winters Uh, she's approached by a man named Kay who may or may not be canine from the Hound Wolf Squad that seems to be the pervading belief at least Um, and she's struggling with the superpowers of hers and is looking for a way to get rid of them and Kay may or may not have that way and it sort of involves invading the consciousness of uh, the my seat and that's kind of how we get there so with that story set up i think as presented as the extra chapters of story and especially in fact by capcom as the kind of final chapter of the winters family story it makes sense to start with the plot uh, so steve how do you feel about the shadow of rose story setup?
2: The, the setup where Rose is just walking down and then sees Kay on a bench and goes on a wild ride. Uh, it's, <laughs> with, it's okay. With no music in yeah. the first cutscene, which threw me off. The whole thing was uh, kind of unnerving, to be fair, because there was just something very creepy uncle about Kay. It set me off from the get-go. <laughs> and then uh, the second thing's uh, the plot. So, so how far are we talking here? Because I don't want to, like, spoil stuff ahead of time. I... <laughs>
0: I'll let you make a judgment call, I guess. Okay. All really right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think everyone who knows who's listening to this, you know... Spoilers. Should... Yeah. Spoiler yeah, there's gonna be, warning. There's going to be old, major spoilers. Big old sweaty
2: yeah. spoiler warning right now. What? We haven't said anything... It, here it is. If you, if
0: you would like to hear us just talk about the other aspects of the DLC, do check the description of this podcast wherever you're listening to it, there will be time codes, uh, so yeah avoid, avoid Shadows of Rose if you haven't played it, but uh, yeah, sorry, go on Steve. It's,
2: yeah, it's, it's hard to not talk about this without actually right, spoilers because the, the fact that it's all a ruse by basically the the hard copy memory of Miranda in a uh, my seat USB stick, for want of a better term and Chikonza, it's kind of interesting because it leads into the whole like in the end of re7 the uh the whole point is revealed that there's hallucinations and stuff's not necessarily what ethan is seeing is real and it's part of the whole mute, my seat mind control stuff the fact that that's a late game reveal in shadows of rose which points that the whole motivation is awesome like i mm. love that throwback that you know if you've been reading and know what this stuff's capable of that's kind of cool uh that being said it is a bit like Wizardry, And it felt like, at times, especially, like midway through, that's... What's that? Is it Labyrinth? Where a uh, child's right. kidnapped by David Bowie? Yeah, yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. It felt like I was playing some kind of video game rendition of that through a Resi lens. Uh, <laughs> the, Interesting. It, 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 it's a strange concept to get across. But yeah, it felt like I was in, in, in Labyrinth at times. Uh, especially the way that Rose was talking and, and cursing things. Uh, mm. The... <sighs> The whole concept where she's got to go in here to cure herself—I I feel like this is a story that probably could have been approached with uh, other Resident Evil characters in the past. Like this, this seems like the kind of thing a Sherry would do: would get rid of the G virus out of the system. Um, hmm. But going into the memory of it allows for basically Resident Evil's the evil within. And, oh, in that regard,
1: Steve! <laughs> Steve, <laughs> you've stolen my my angle. <laughs> 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 I,
2: well, I don't want to like just, I don't want to talk about every single plot point and be the first foray in, so by all means, Kelsey, you can take over from me.
1: No, uh, before I talk, I was just going to say it's funny because I have notes, like, I've kind of centered quite a bit on character, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this concept of the the my seat uh, quite a bit, so I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm not going to jump ahead to that just yet. All right, that's fair. Um,. But yeah, uh, I, sorry, I I'll I'll just pick it up. It's funny because, yeah, I wrote <laughs> right at the top, it's Shadows of Rose, a.k.a. the Resident Evil Within, um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever been more conflicted about something Resident Evil than I am with this story. Uh, it has interesting mythology building, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit. But um, I think, you know, that sort of hocus-pocus stuff is, uh, um, you know, <laughs> it's... I want to focus more on uh, the thing that I find most compelling, which is the character stuff. And Rose has been you know, bullied, and she wants to fit in and not be a freak, and wants to get rid of her powers. And she must dive into this consciousness dreamland to find a crystal. Uh, I'm going to be honest, it didn't grab me. Uh, when I hear kind of like powers and crystal and consciousness, I'm sort of already thinking, ooh, where's this going? Mm. Um, But when it comes to Rose and this setup, I'm not really into the I'm a freak and want to fit in trope. Um, Feels a bit out of touch with things in the real world these days. But my main question is, where's Mia? Um, Rose (laughs) is kind of walking around freely. And so she's not in any kind of government prison. So I really want to know what happened with the relationship with Mia to make Rose kind of feel so like, you know, unsupported and alienated and I think Mia missing from the story leaves some big gaps in me getting on on board with Rose's plight um I think if like Mia had died at the end of village maybe I'd feel a bit different but am I are we supposed to be blaming Mia in some way or I don't know and like why is Chris not been looking out for for her these are kind of questions that I've got mm. um and then she well. makes that kind of stupid decision to just kind of jump into this fungus based on a single conversation with Kay and yeah and chaos ensues
0: I guess, so to jump off a few things you said there, I it, uh, to me it was implied that Chris is still around because obviously she's having this conversation with Kay about mm. the Hound Wolf squad and yep. all that. So Chris is still a part of her life, maybe a father figure if you want to read into it that much. I agree about the absence of Mia explanation is a shame, but I kind of expected that because, I mean... A village danced around it as well. I mean, she's a (laughs) bioterrorist in Resident (laughs) Evil 7. But no, she goes under witness protection and she just kind of gets away with it and they just kind of glossed over her again. Which is a shame because, again, if this is the final chapter, it would have been nice to have a little bit more on her, what's happened to her, and close it up a little bit, unfortunately. Um, But I don't know, maybe Rose's willingness to go along with this just is meant to show her desperation to change these things about herself. And I thought Rose was fun. I liked having to, you know, play through a story with her. I I liked, and it is a little bit tropey of I'm the, you know, the weirdo and I want to get rid of what makes me weird and sort of coming around to it. Mm. But I did like the way they plotted it out throughout the game where she's kind of expressing how cool her powers were and, you know, being impressed by what she can do. Um, You know, even though we all inevitably knew that she was going to end up keeping them. Um, I don't think this is the end for her, necessarily, either, to be fair. Uh, But to speak on some positives, because I certainly have some issues, Um, I thought the opening was beyond the first cutscene, which left me with some big questions about Hound Wolf Squad that are apparently still active in 16 years' time. Have fun committing to that idea, Capcom, (laughs) because you've done it now. Uh, (laughs) I liked the opening part, skulking around the dungeons. Um, In fact, all of the Castle D stuff was really cool, with all these... You know, coming across, so Capcom are usually pretty awful at showing too much in the final trailer, and they did a little bit of that for me, but I was quite surprised with some of the creepiness of all these failed Rose clones that are dying and hanging off the walls and stuff like that was a really cool imagery, and the dungeon stuff where you come across them to begin with, and they're all sort of like being attacked, and I liked all of that stuff. There was some stuff early on that actually almost felt like nods to Villages, past a little bit so the first time that you come across the executioner as i believe he's called uh, it's actually where you come across one of the daughters for the first time as well it's like oh, that's kind of neat mirroring of things is uh, but it yes how much of it would you consider like
2: asset reuse with a bit of like artistic flair i it, it's an elephant in the room because that is that is castle d you know that, that there is no no question yes. oh yeah um, and uh,
0: i I have a whole thing on that, certainly. I actually think the asset reuse is really, really good, but I'm going to definitely get into that later. I'm actually pretty happy with what they've done in that kind of circumstance. I, the,
2: the, the bit that puzzles me is, the, I, I haven't unlocked Lady D in um, additional orders, but I'm assuming she has voice lines, James. Does she have like, any kind of like quips? Oh, or, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, she, yeah ch- she does. She, she chatters the sh**. Right. Okay. Something like that. Listen, it's not chatting. Shit, it's just <laughs> goblin noises. Well, all right. The, the point is, right, they, they obviously they got. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, her name escapes me. Maggie Robinson, I believe. Right. They got her back yep. in to voice her, and it's her castle. But she doesn't play any role in this at all. Despite the fact that this basically being a ghost hard drive filled with spoiler warning again for some reason, just to say, Evelyn's in there. You know, mm-hmm. as well as Miranda. So why is it that they've obviously had someone in to do these voices? They've used her setting, and that she's not even in it. and She's like the marketing darling for Village. Uh, that puzzles me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can. I can. Oh, go, go go for it! Yeah, go for it. Jake. So
3: uh, we're in a fractured Mega Actually, we're in like a fraction. Like we're not even. It's a very small part of it. Like it's. And again, we'll go over more about it later on. Right. But that's why everything looks the same. But there are very there there are very big differences to every room, like because and it makes sense because you're in a part of the My seat, a very small part that is going to be all scrambled up and it's kind of been all by made by Miranda and kind of been well, it ish, um, and the My seat and the other souls, essences, memories, whatever you want to call them that are in there, right? So it's that's the way I've been looking at it. Um because you're right, like yeah, I it would have been nice to have Lady D in there, right? But I think they, they wanted to go in a different direction, right? And they wanted to bring you know, everybody loved the Duke. Like, and when he turned up, I was like, ooh, where's this gonna go? You know, I was very interested in that. I and I feel I also feel like L- Lady D, um, even though she was a big selling point of the game, I think it's well known to everybody, like for, with Village that people were pretty underwhelmed by her in the game and what she's capable of. So they might have taken that on and be like, okay, we're just gonna put all of the talent into additional orders, put all in there and we're gonna make something
2: new hmm. uh, just,
3: for the castle itself.
2: The thing that puzzles me now is like it actually helped me recontextualize some of main village's main plot points as to why Miranda basically says, Ethan, go kill these four lords for us, youth cheers all right? Um hmm. adding them to the Mega seat now has some kind of context as so she has like a a ghost hard drive of every soul who's ever died near it or something, right? And then they're not used in it. It just seems a bit of a shame. I mean, I get why Moreau isn't there. He's a cheese-eating freak. He is the best, but he's also a cheese-eating freak. I get why Heisenberg (laughs) isn't there because he hates Miranda. He wouldn't want to be around, but she was also kind of like the one who was most loyal to her. Um, Mm. Seems a bit of a a shame. It's a shame. Uh, I I I do feel like them not expanding
3: on lore for the Lord's was a missed it.
2: You could argue it's because she's not really dead. Dun 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 or something. <laughs> uh but I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon somehow. Mm. Yeah. Um d- d- Can I
3: can I can I do my bit? Because we've all yes. brought up yes. stuff and James,
2: please do. I think I can
3: answer most of your questions. <laughs> Welcome to the QA with me, James. <laughs> um Right, so we're all up in contention, and even I was up in contention whether uh, K-9 was a real person. He is a real person, and he is still alive. Um, Mm -hmm. There is... because, And it's not because of some rough translations or anything like that. um, At the end of the game, Miranda says, that K was an illusion. Was an illusion. Also, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the game, um, Rose mentions to K... uh, Let me find my... Yeah, she says, I'm paraphrasing here, but when she's talking to Kay, she says she refers to them as you and the Hound Wolf Squad. Like, she refers to them as that. So he's still around. With those two pieces of information, he's still yeah. around. Yeah. We know and that. that.
0: I think there's a line somewhere, and I apologise I don't have full context for it, but rather than specifically, I think it's Miranda, she doesn't specifically say people that have died. It's anyone right. that's gotten close enough to the Megamycete. That it kind of like starts to pick up on their memories, and I guess that's why she can project mm. someone like Kay, who is still alive, uh, because mm. he was there in the village when it was all going on. And he got sort of like, I don't know, he, he touched it, some of it in some fashion.
3: It's, yeah. The thing is, we know that they went there 16 because they mention it they went right. there and collected you know when we were all wondering oh what was Chris doing during all this time when Ethan was getting to Miranda That's up what they were doing. I mean yeah they yeah. literally
2: take samples They'll don't they the sample. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah we see
0: that they've been down near the route don't we so
3: um, the other thing is uh, like I was I was because of all this I, I, this was kind of more interesting for me but I think it's you know just because of what I said I think it's been uh, completely debunked now but it was very interesting to think like if K9 did die near the Megamycet or not um and she was using that but we learned later on that was not the case the right. thing um, starts playing
2: turns out he has been a long <laughs> yeah. for 16 years <laughs>
3: um the other thing that was up for contention with me and might be up for other people's contention because i always think about like if i'm thinking it other people might be thinking it is the lab itself um and the fact we know that canine is alive um you know means that you know that that, that lab was real um everything right. was real there um i know it might sound obvious to a lot of people but it's just so to clarify things down because i think this story where you mess with there are two stages to this story there are what happens in the real world and what happens and i think we need to have a definite boundary there um for that um and i also want to mention before i go any further i also want to mention that this is the first time that resident evil has become an isekai (laughs) anime (laughs) like it was actually it was actually burglar brought this up to me right i was like holy crap like and for those who don't know what Isakai is it's a it's a it's a it's a genre of anime where somebody from like a normal world that we would present as normal like is transported into another world of some kind mm-hmm. right and it's very common in anime right and it's to be honest it's, it's 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 a surprise that it's taken this long to be for resident evil to have something like that um yeah, I also agree. I hate that there's barely any Mia involvement. In fact, I, I remember like it wasn't. I, I'm pretty sure Rose is just taken from Mia. Like she was taken from Mia, which is, which was why like we, like she has all these kind of like she's really pent up and like because she doesn't hasn't really had a childhood. I mean, she's still a child, really. She's still a mm-hmm. child in in shadows of Rose, um, as well. Um, yeah. Uh. It, overall, like before I go into kind of one of my biggest things, that I think is su- super interesting but can also be shot down really fast. Um, overall, I really did like the story. The crystal thing was dumb. Um, <laughs> I don't get why you would have to go through the My seat to get something that is incorporeal. Um, <laughs> to help you the evil witch
2: tricks the dumb teenager
3: (laughs) like it would have made you know it would have made way more sense if it was like okay the secrets are inside the mega and you need to find it but it's not a dumb crystal you know it's like something else i don't know like they could literally but they made out like it was this physical thing and it didn't make much sense so that going back to my earlier point about setting a clear boundary between the real world and this <laughs> Mega my seat world, right? They didn't even follow their own their own guidelines, and that kind of right. sucked, Because, yeah, like the story itself was really cool. I, I overall, I liked it. I liked what they did. I liked that it was a it, we, you know, they could have done other things, but it was a send off for Rose and Ethan. And I'm not gonna lie, that I didn't cry, like because man, that when Ethan is at the end and he runs ahead of you and he just starts blasting these face suckers around you like it really got me going and then there was another bit at the end where she says I'm I'm going to do this you know I was like oh my god I'm just going to ball my eyes out now um but yeah so to, <laughs> I could go on forever because I think there is a lot to this DLC but there's a there is a lot of problems with it as well and the main problem is that crystal um oh yeah also the houndwell squad so um the Hound War Squad is interesting. I just and you can judge a lot by what you see in the DLC. So we see a very haggard and and tired K. And from what I said previously, we know that K9 is is still alive and he's still of the Hound War Squad, right? But he's doing inactive work. He's doing lab work. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that it could mean that Hound War Squad has um expanded into something else now. Yeah. Like sure. Chris could be operations. Right. Um, and the other crew could be part of other, you know, so they could be doing other stuff. They could be another organization, which is something they've set. I think Capcom's done that deliberately, right? So they can, you know, yeah. so they can do stuff with it.
0: I actually, yeah, like as much as I made fun of it, um, if this is actually the opportunity for, and this is, you know, big pipe dream, but <clears throat> if this is Chris's retirement plan, then uh, <laughs> yeah. like as a character, then I'm actually more than fine with it. If like RE9 is kind of like the Swan song. And then from there, he becomes sort of like this person overseeing the Hound Wolf squad, which becomes a bigger thing. That would yeah. be great. And I'm happy with that. But if the idea is that he's still taking mission 16 years later as part of this little group, that's a bit silly to me, but yeah, yeah. we don't know for sure. Cause they were very unspecific on purpose, obviously I'm
3: sure. Yeah. That, that, I Obviously, this this whole, like, the Mega My C and everything, I think its strongest point is how vague it is. And they've done that... And they've done that... <laughs> oh, they've done that no. oh, oh, boy. They, oh, dear. They've done, that, they've done that deliberately because it is something that is new. It's a new kind of experience. There's a new being in this universe. And I know it's a bit, like, fantasy-esque, right? But you're talking to James. A bit. Like, <laughs>
2: I mean, we've already mental One
3: thing is mental like, copies and stuff. I don't know, you know. You watch if you watch interviews about people who have uh, taken hard, you know, hard drugs and stuff. You know, it gets wild. You know, your mind does some weird stuff. So if you have a being which is nothing but that wild stuff, where anything is possible within that, like yeah. But I can understand it being hard to grasp. Now, my final point about the story, and it's kind of story-ish. And I think again, because I think the one thing I've kind of lauded this game and the previous game and the dlc on is how it's tied in the original games without it being too damaging to the original canon um while also creating an avenue for people to go down in the future in capcom um and this is going to sound weird how i start this off but I don't know if anybody's ever. I said this while I was playing this game um, in the channel, but the damage from the face—are they called face suckers? What are they called? Face, face eaters, I think. Face eaters. <laughs> the damage that the face eaters cause, and we're going to get—we're going to go far here, right? So stay with me. Um, they look like the out—the outside of paper wasp nests. Um, right. I know somebody's already already left. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- those nests are made from dead wood and plant stems. Okay. Um, I wonder. Uh, firstly, I wonder if they took inspiration from them. Additionally, these kind of nests are known as umbrella nests.
5: <laughs> this is
3: this is on the wiki, right? And hives and labs we've seen in the game and movies have hive-like features. This could potentially be another reference to how the origins of umbrella began. Again. Um knowing Spencer spent quite a quite a long time studying uh with Miranda. It's a wild theory, very wild, and listen, I didn't even have to I was like, oh they look similar. I just googled it and oh they're also known as umbrella ness. Dun dun dun. I was like Mm.
2: this could be really
3: it could be, yeah, it could be like a fun little little connection. Um but yeah, I think oh yeah, and there's also just this is not as big. I don't know how. To really, I did, when I was writing this, I didn't really know how to put it into a paragraph, right, or what to make of it. But I think it's very strange that we never see Rose actually use powers. We only ever see Rose use powers in the my seat,
0: right? Not, which not, not in real world, yeah. yeah which sure. te-
3: which technically means we've never seen Rose use her powers. We know she sweats white milk. I don't know, mm. like we know, you know, she can. She has she has a strength to her because we saw it at the end of Village and the end of the it's, DLC. It's a very good point, actually, now that you mention it. In the sense that, like, she discovers
0: her power. Like the, when she starts doing these things, she's like, "Wow, I did that!" It's like, well, how, aren't yeah. you coming here because you've got weird powers? So, what are I, your weird powers if not this? Other than as you I say, would've... milk sweat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: i would have loved like maybe a montage or something like or right. like a like maybe she just finished a mission with hound wolf or something mm-hmm. so we could have got those powers mm-hmm. but it makes me question her powers in general yeah, or whether she's just point. being told she has powers you're a 16 year old
2: teenager who sweats milk if you're told can i have a cure who's sweating milk i'm pretty sure even i'd go for the mutated <laughs> demon R-Drive. i don't want to sweat no milk that's weird that's creepy that, no wonder people are taking the <laughs> out of me <laughs> <You know? laughs> but my, uh, my. I mean, my
3: ending, my ending note is basically. I don't think we, I don't think we've seen what Rose is truly capable of right. yet I, at all. We haven't seen it. Like yeah. I think whatever we saw in the Mega My Seat um, is whatever manifested within the Meg- Mega My Seat. You know, like me asking for Bloodborne blood <laughs> blood <laughs> every year. <you> know? <laughs> 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 we'll never get it. Right. But she did. Right. Uh, she had her manifesting moment. Right. But we've never seen it outside of right. the My scene. I think that's really interesting.
0: Okay. Well, I'm really glad that you got a lot of positive stuff and ideas in there. <laughs> because I am now going to give my opinion on the story of this DLC. Mm. And I'm going to be very straightforward with it. It's crap. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. And it is the big dumb. No, I mean, it's really hard to critique a story that is this out there. And when you critique something, you have to critique it with the framework that it exists in. Which, for the My seat at this point, is just, I am a big blob that serves cool set pieces up. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil Villager's story was full of questions without answers, uh, for better or for worse. This didn't answer any of them. It just made everything even more confusing. (laughs) I'm so lost (laughs) at what the Mega My Seat does, what Miranda was up to. All of this is just nonsense to me at this point. So if I understand it correctly, Miranda dies in Village, sets to work over the course of 16 years, creating copies of Rose, obviously to make Eva, which is her main goal. Uh, But she figures out she needs the real thing. So she finds rose in the real world despite the fact that she's in a little bit of the mega my seat she can see the real world i guess and or because i guess rose is connected to the my seat so i guess that makes sense and she can project k uh how does she is all the mega my seat dead at the end of the dlc is it just this one bit how was that one bit there did she put it there Mm. did how wolf squad put it there where did she get it from you know how did she know it was there if she didn't put it there where was Rose taken? Is Miranda dead? What's stopping her from coming back? Mm. She's died twice already. She could just go round and round in circles. I don't so, really understand where so the, the end
3: points on these things. So, the, so the Megamycete at the end—if you watch when she's leaving the lab—I don't. It's know all shriveled up dead. and dead. It, it's like it looks inert. Yeah. Right. So but I, does this
0: mean all of like all of it across the world, wherever these samples appear, be, are now yeah. dead? Because, or is it, or as you said, quite rightfully, which I hadn't thought about, this little part that Miranda's kind of occupied and been able to change to her will Is it just this part that's dead I don't mm-hmm. know can I, I uh, did...
2: wade in go on, Steve. Two yeah, seconds. Like, um, RE7's mould was a mind control and uh, other things activity right that the main reason that Evelyn was to do is go in and pacify population and mind control them basically to make them be non-combatants which means that they have some kind of linked neural network uh, it's mm. not too far to extrapolate that every piece of the mega my seat muta my seat isn't in some way connected I know it's a stupid hokey pokey Kind of I I
3: but would assume so It uh, it says that in notes yeah. it, it literally says that in the game Yeah. So it,
2: it, as tedious as it is It could be a case of just because Rose <laughs> was uh, Or is some part mould That Miranda is in a piece of the mould And can therefore get at it And hopefully that means she's now Dead and gone because she's killed her Inside the mutamized seat itself mm, like, the- but, but what's stopping her coming back From like another layer of the
0: Exactly and this is why Where your question about Lady D uh, whilst I'm ha- I'm fine with her not being in the DLC or whatever I'd li- I like that they oh, did no, something no, different I, I don't like the character but... but why she wasn't there I don't know if the rules are exactly because we don't know what the rules are why wouldn't she be there if this is not Miranda's little zone and it's actually connected to the rest of the Megamy seat why can't anyone just stroll in why couldn't the real Duke just push the doors open and be like yo I'm here you know it's it's it, it's very confusing, I don't really know what's going on, and more than beyond just being confused by the story, I thought the return of Mother Miranda was just a bit like oh, okay. I was looking forward to something mm-hmm. kind of original. And especially after the Evelyn return, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Uh this felt like a bit of a repeat, but now it has Kami ha at the end. Didn't me Again.
3: I know I mentioned Bloodborne earlier on, but man, the ending
2: of this game is Right, Steve. Visually, it's stunning—the p- pale like, blood yeah. moon. Um, like, <laughs> I felt like was I was in so Bloodborne. Yeah, I was in I was in blood, Bloodborne meets Evangelion meets Resident Evil, which are <laughs> uh, three <laughs> things that probably should never meet, but it looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, yeah, uh, uh, just to sort of sum it up, uh, this is and uh, everyone's kind of got their end point of, uh, and every, we will argue this point to the cows come home about where you think the pseudoscience ends. Mm with Resident Evil, but this is the supernatural jump of the shark for me. I can forgive this because it's self-contained and it's okay. I just don't want any more of this, unfortunately. It's just It all just feels like an excuse for some funky gameplay pieces without really much sense. Everyone's going to have a different thing. You're all right, as far as I'm concerned. But this is just my take on it. I just would like... It's fine as it is. I just don't want... I just don't want any more of this, please. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like I've just ranted a bunch. Uh, Kelsey, you've been mostly quiet, but I feel like you're erring on this, on a similar side. Yeah,
1: we've kind of, you know, I, I do re- appreciate, like, how James has gone through and sort of uh, danced around all the different things because there's some awesome stuff in there. The wasp's nest thing is awesome. I just wanted to say that. Uh, but mm. I, I, I'm, I like, 99% in agreement with you, Sai. Uh, I tried to sort of ease into it at the start, saying I had questions and things, but... I'm not a fan of the story. Um, I think I'm just going to, because we've danced around, rather than just sort of retort, I'm just going to go through a few of my bullet points. Um, uh, Ethan uh, Ethan and Rose are Miranda and Evelyn. So this is where I get really kind of conflicted. Towards the end, when Ethan is revealed to be Michael, we get some beautiful character moments and exchanges between them, which is the kind of character stuff that I like. And with the right depth, it would have also had me crying as well. But the whole thing is just undermined by... You know, the fact that it's taking place in dreamland and this is where the science versus fantasy stuff bites in the ass for me. And, I, and I'm watching it and thinking, uh, does any of this sort of have any real weight? Because anything can happen in this consciousness land and I'm not even really sure what's happening, why it's happening, if everyone's who they say they are. Um, and I don't know if anyone saw the trailer for the new Ant-Man film, but it made me think of that where... They go to the quantum realm and it's like, oh yeah, this is fun and looks nice, but what's the rules here? And can anyone yeah. just die and come back to life? And what's the Not stakes?
0: To completely cut you off, but what like when you say about rules and stuff like that? And we were talking about the crystal.
1: Hmm.
0: Again, it's like Ethan's able to make healing items and ammo appear. But because the story says no, he can't make the crystal appear, yeah. and his powers just stop at this point because the story says so. Exactly. Whereas we never, and we've never had that in Resident Evil before, which is why it's jarring. But sorry, go on. Yeah, that, that, the, oh, sorry. That. Can I
3: just just add on to that? Yeah. Um, a little bit of defense, though. I still like, I'm like 60 agreement. <laughs> <laughs> if you go into one of the side rooms in in the Lady D Castle, um, in the yeah Castle D. Um, he does say that the more he does this the weaker he gets um, yeah. and that's just bringing ammo about so i again again the rules are sure. like yeah you know, storyline so, convenience yeah yeah, I, yeah exactly, exactly. So si.
1: and so i do sort of have a point about that later where it's just it was kind of like with the netflix show where it's like just because they sort of say it doesn't necessarily make it work for me um mm-hmm. i think bringing both ethan and miranda back cheapened the end of village for me as well i thought miranda actually had some really cringy dialogue and a lot of a. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, like mysticism vanished for me and it became a quite theatrical and uh, it's just like yeah again what was the point in killing her if she's just shape-shifting out in the real world and you know we can explain it away with this deep lore, but on the surface yeah man it just made me kind of go it made her go from one of my favorite villains down to sort of a few ranks down the tier and I was I sort of yeah eye-rolling at the convenience of everything um, now the sort of the weird thing here for me is Evelyn because the same stuff does apply to her but I do think including her worked so much better than Miranda and Ethan because that felt like the even though she gets brushed aside like in the fight and stuff it felt like that was the proper connecting thread back to Seven which helped wrap up the story and a big thumbs up for the Evelyn appearance but even though it was in Dreamland. Um,
0: I think that works in the favour of it's the Mega Might Anyone mm. who's in there can chop at any time. Like that's why it's okay. It's yeah. like well, this actually makes sense for her to show up because she's going to be pissed off at Rogues for stealing her sort of quote unquote family. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, I think um, and like with Ethan, I think many people were in agreement that at the end of village, he he had gone from like zero to hero, and his you know his appearance in this DLC made me sad, and not because of. The story because it kind of it made me realize that we had maybe one of the best new franchise characters ever and he's dead and isolated to this vacuum of a story now and he could have perhaps been a part of a new brood of characters or been in a couple more games and seeing him here just kind of made me think i really wish he didn't die um he achieved hero status and i know it was sort of through sacrifice but he's locked into this consciousness of a fungus for all eternity and it just kind of makes me yeah a bit sad um I think Ethan as a character became a revelation for the series in the end and if this is how his story is ending like I'm glad I got to see him again but the franchise booked themselves into a corner here and it made it was really I don't want to say the word silly but I found myself not being happy with the route it took and I think they've maybe done a disservice to themselves. Um, I know we still have Rose, you know, she's still alive but I didn't come away being enamoured with her character and for a franchise that's known for dragging out characters I do think maybe Ethan has been killed off too early which is a big takeaway I had from this DLC. Um, A couple of last points about the My Seat stuff and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop rambling. Um... I know I've touched on how the game kind of goes out of its way to explain this concept, uh, which is like, okay, fine. But for me, uh, it's not what I'm looking for in Resident Evil, and that's a personal thing. I, I didn't enjoy it in the moment. It's sort of verging on a level of uh, sci-fi and fantasy that I'm not crazy about. It's establishing new rules, which is a really big ask. Um, and it's, as I said, it's not clear what these rules are. And stuff being ambiguous, like James said, is cool. But you have to have the ground rules and the ground rule of like, well, it stores memories sort of wasn't enough for me. And I think it hits you with a file right at the start where it starts loading these big concepts at you of how it works. And right away, I just thought it's taking its feet off the ground. And for like the third time in the franchises series, we're jumping the shark again. And I'm not super jazzed about it. Now, to counteract, my, to kind of contradict myself, there's nothing inherently wrong with that sort of concept, but... Like I said, we're crossing a boundary which is more suited to other franchises for me. We keep mentioning Bloodborne. I mean, you know, there's an example. But this is a bit too much, like, like use the force Luke for me. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't dislike the stuff in general. I love Star Wars. But I think Ari should sort of maybe pick a lane. And, yeah, I don't want to harp on about it. I've made it clear in the past that I'm a nerd for deep lore. But I do think the story went off the rails. Um, it throws in loads of this explainer dialogue and... I think just because it does that, it doesn't necessarily mean that it makes sense and works. And yeah, it's a shame. I, w- I was worried about Village going a fantasy route before launch, but it kind of didn't. And I sort of, even though with the questions, the Cadu stuff felt a little bit more tangible, um, hmm. here was just way too much sparkle and mystical powers for my liking. And I think. Yeah, I'm happy for Resident Evil to evolve, but the ground rules are being broken here. And yeah, it's for my personal taste, it's just been, those rules have been kind of bent way too far for me to enjoy it. So I wasn't a fan of the story, (laughs) (laughs) TLDR.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I mean, I'd be open to this kind of thing if they just kind of like were very specific in how they explained what it is and how it works. Like I, so there was something to grasp onto. I just feel like I have no foothold in, what the Mega My C is, was where it came. Like, I don't, I don't understand it all at this point, which is fine, because I guess we I assume we're not going back to it, like, but who
3: knows. Um, what, would Would you guys be okay with, like, more information about the Mega My C <laughs> I mean, in future games?
2: I mean... It I, has like, so many moves now. It feels like it's time to break the detail out and get rid of the mold. Like, <laughs> I'm
0: slightly worried that yeah, if you you we, like, it's it is a really interesting concept mm. in theory that has like a bunch of cool application they could do, but because we keep getting rooms full of lore and stuff, I just worry like yeah, dump trucks full of information is just going to make it too complex. Trying to expl- explain over explain it almost because they've made it so powerful that it's like well now we need to box it back in it's like i don't i
3: don't know yeah well, it's that's, a tricky a, that's one. the thing about this is that you can do anything with it like and like it's like a it's like a piece of play-doh like in terms of, but but with a, like a like a dreamscape like mm-hmm. you can do anything with it yes um which is what i've enjoyed the most but other people have not yeah. um i i do think i do agree though that this this dlc has broken its own rules the first the big one was the was the crystal like it's a like it, it yeah, it didn't make any, ma- it didn't make any sense. sense. It? Yeah, no, I, I like it's the biggest problem with me. Like, it's like that's why I love the original game is because the original game it just like touched on those things and it was like, okay, this is this is what's possible and you know we don't want to go too deep deep into it. You know, we want you to make that's why I was getting from anyway. We want you to make your own conclusions, but. Yeah, this DLC—it just—it it, yeah, that was the it was a big one because I think everything el- everything else makes sense.
2: We now need like, a shadows of shadows of Rose, where it's revealed that this is all <laughs> her dealing with her being fractured into four pieces as a child and then recompiling the trauma. It's all in her own head, all making up. It's all nonsense, and the mold is just this weird goop that you can mind control people with. Basically. I I actually you just yeah. reminded
3: me um, of another note I put down. Um, another really cool thing I'm gonna. You know, just to just to outweigh the the negatives. Um, another really cool thing about this game is, like, throughout the game, you're finding notes, and it's of the shadows telling the previous shadow of where they got to, like, yeah, and helping them cool. where they like. I found that really dope. I was I remember finding the first note and going, What, am I talking to myself? What is this? And then when I when I first and then and then when I met this the I call them Shrine Maidens because they look like Shrine Maidens from Dark Souls Three. Um but Funny, they that. do right. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, but when we uh when we got deeper into it, I started seeing those notes and it was like, Oh, I almost got there. You can try, you can do your you know, it was like they were trying to egg each other on. It was very sweet. Um mm-hmm. The other, like, I, I think it was Yellow Jam actually, who mentioned this. Um, like, oh, wait, no, somebody else. Um, but I, I, it made me cry even more, because it was like, Ethan has been watching his daughter and helping his daughter, well, shadows of his daughter, try and defeat, like, the main bad guy for, mm-hmm. like, 16 years.
2: <laughs> like, we, we don't know how long that Miranda's been, like, actively doing the whole Duke torture sessions, but it's been
3: pretty freaking It It shows you said that, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, true. I mean, it, it, yeah, it could have just been turned on or whatever, but it's like, I, I, I assume it's for 16 years because this thing, you know, was on somebody put the plug switch in on the Mega Mite seat. You know, it was, it was there. Um, Have but, you plugged yeah, in the yeah,
2: nightmare it, mold, Kate? Yeah mate. It's
3: it's even it's even sadder of a in a of a story in a way when you think about that. You think, you know, that's why he was he was willing to do anything for the real complete Um, mental image of what Rose was
2: well allow me to give you sorry I was going to say Steve please I need to give James some happy ending closure because Miranda could project K we now know how she sees Ethan at the end and that Ethan's probably projected from the same USB stick directly at her so you (laughs) are right, I'm Ethan Mm. I'm not dead but dead hi I'll help Mm. you with homework that's a good
0: point it is interesting that they didn't build upon that epilogue. I think everyone was waiting to see if there was going to yeah, be an additional yeah, shot or scene yeah. after that. Face but I, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, but I suppose technically, when you think about it in that way, uh, at least it makes it a little bit nicer, you're right. Um, we've all ranted and raved. Steve, have you got any other points about the story?
2: Uh, see, I totally take on board everyone's like Maxi and Kelsey's questions because I, I, I am truly a more of a science than a fantasy guy. I I, I, I kind of internally hand hand wave it away. This is this whole dream logic nonsense that's just trapped in its own mindscape, and Miranda's bonkers. So who gives a frig? Like you know, she can interact with she can she can interact with like other mold people and mess with them, but that's about as far as it goes. She can't be like literally a malevolent mold USB stick to take over the world from death. (laughs) I mean, this is a franchise that's done some weird things in the past. We've had incestuous clone twins that have like plant Mm -hmm. powers. I mean, admittedly, that's more grounded in weird viral science but yeah it, I mean yeah. we we'll have had mind swapping with uh, I mean, admittedly that's with technology overriding someone else's brain it's just mm-hmm. there is a lot of crazy things in the Resident Evil universe I I like Rose as a character but I kind of you could read pretty much how every story beat was going to go the only disappointing thing was that you had the Beneviento house instead of the Baker house for Evelyn and I could reveal that it's actually been her because, I mean, mm-hmm, the yeah. voice actresses I believe are the same for her and Angie as well. Yep. So, we kind of yes. I was expecting the doll to show up, but no, lol, it's Evelyn. Like, oh, okay. Um, I thought that was really smart, yeah, it was I, really clever. I would have had like so, I don't know, something fit like peel away to reveal, like, I don't know, the living room in the Baker house or something. That'd be so cool, that yeah. Been great, um, Steve, because Evelyn versus Rose is something that I would have looked I, I'm glad we got because that feels like that's the most on point for the DLC for me, Michael, yep. as Ethan. No one on this earth didn't see that coming from a million miles away. Like, <laughs> uh, You know, oh my God, could it be really? <laughs> like even the text they use is—it's uh, telling of the way that his character is written in the main game. You know, yeah, you could I, read it in his voice. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, can hear yeah. Todd solely say those yeah. lines. Um, <laughs> Miranda herself—just complete nonsense, madness, feeling at this point. Like literally trying to take over another teenager. at This—it's just. You know, as the main instigator of it all, to basically be a devil may cry Dragon Ball fight at the end, yeah, it, it bleeds away and ruins the mechanics, the game set up. Because so, well, I mean, she's basically got the mold used as um, defense items, basically, and slow down stuff. And then all mm. of a sudden, it's you know, da 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 ba da, ba da ba, teleporting, launching like mold smashes and things. It's not quite the same. Feels like we're playing a different mm. game at the end. Doesn't really mm. feel like an earned payoff. And then there's the is... Yeah, which is just a photocopy of the other Duke. He's not actually got anything to do with it. I and mean, everyone's like, what's the law behind the Duke? You're missed not, opportunity. You're not getting yeah. it here. Instead, he's just a weird fake copy sex pest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it <hell.
5: laughs>
2: Yeah, that's,
0: that's fair. Okay, well, I guess we can't obviously, like, there's a lot to dig into there. I think we've done pretty well considering uh, we need to talk about other aspects as a DLC, such as the gameplay. Uh, Let's divide this into two parts because I think that's probably fair because the DLC is very easy to separate into sort of more an action-packed part where you're wandering around uh, the castle and then the second half as well. But let's talk about that first part where you kind of get more of an opportunity to wield Rose's abilities, deal with these new face-eating enemies and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, For me, you know, I thought their abilities were pretty fun to use. On my second, I played through the game twice. Um, On my second run, I used them a lot uh, on hardcore mode to escape multiple enemies and not fight, which felt very cool. Felt very sort of old school res in a way. Whereas on my first playthrough, I just shot everything, froze them and shot them. New enemies are pretty fun. They're terrifying. The noises they make are horrific in the best way. And the puzzles, you know, as simple as they are, I enjoyed them in a sort of a homely way like the, the painting thing felt very homely and was like oh this is very Resident Evil isn't it so uh, yeah overall it was nice to return to the castle and do a few different things I think Steve what did you make of Castle D uh,
2: no, no real 2.0. complaints actually playing the game you know the, 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 the narrative aside the, the game itself was quite enjoyable I thought very on point yeah agreed the the only issue I have really is I would have taken the mold powers and put them on a cooldown as opposed to you have to eat a white herb because the resources and need for use sometimes didn't really match up for me. So yeah, other than that, great. right? Yeah, the puzzles were really, really I thought actually a lot a little bit more teasery off the brain, and there's the whole hmm. escape room obviously, which we'll get to in a bit. But even before then, you have the Duke showdown, where you basically have to figure out which ones are fake and which ones aren't before you get um, murdered. Like that bit, never-ending story with the horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that was different, certainly. I I failed uh, at least once on that bit, but yeah, it's neat. It, it, I like again. I like because it it's different. Yeah. It's a new contribution
2: for a DLC that only has two new enemy types, really. You know that, that's pretty mm. good. I I, I think. Yeah. I mean, two that you can fight. There's there's the stuff in the Beneviento house, but that's. Yeah. yeah. Um, but mechanically, fine. I feel like it, if they were ever going to go a horror route, this was fixed camera angles would be banging. Honestly.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's got a it's got a definite yeah. It's got a definite vibe to it, doesn't it? I think the castle is uh, a little bit darker as well, which certainly helps, kind of like bring a mood and change it up and feel a little bit different. Plus the fact that you kind of got to get around rooms using the Sclerotia sort of like to clear a path as yes, it was a fun sort of remix of stuff. James, how did you find the first part, gameplay wise?
3: Um Yeah, it's so there were there were two clear ideas that they were having um with this DLC. The first part being combat oriented um or avoidance. Yeah. And the I mean the second half, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, was different. Um it was kind of cool uh i like that the the face eaters they had they kind of had a unique move set but it was also felt very similar Mm. like to stuff i've i've seen before in resident evil yeah like but they felt quite unique um i remember the first time i turned a corner and i saw one just sucking the face off of yeah a shadow i was like what the heck is this like that's scary as hell like i was i was looking at i I didn't even want to interrupt i was like um i don't (laughs) know should i kill the rose or like should i you know i didn't i I didn't actually i didn't even try i I think i just i just ran away and then like eventually (laughs) it stopped what it was doing right but yeah terrifying um there are a lot of moments in this dlc where they've really leaned into the horror aspect they said when uh they said with the um like the lead up to this game that it is going to be much more horror or horror orientated and they're completely right they've done really well with the horror aspect of it um the boss that you fight in castle d um i some people had problems with it i didn't really have much problems with it it felt pretty cookie cut to me yeah um where you're just running around and you're just waiting until it gets tired and then you shoot it several times and yeah i kind of trivialized that in hardcore as well um yeah the boss the boss was a the boss look was terrifying it had a bunch of little uh baby Beneviento faces on it mm-hmm. like um which is interesting again kind of um lending to my theory that this is well, not kind of a theory this is a fractured universe as it were um where things are just kind of modeled up
2: um yeah. Uh, James, it's been a hot minute, right? But you've yeah. played these on hardcore as well. Would you say that guy feels like move wise, like the execution from RE5? Because it feels like he is, like, he's, he's yes. using those moves, but obviously in the REM. That means. is, yeah, very accurate, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, theories abound. <laughs>
2: no, I don't, mean, um, I don't mean it is the RE5 execution. I mean, so so I, that's think, what, it's yeah, I think, think that's and, what you're saying. I'm
3: going <laughs> to. Yes, Stick in a YouTube video. Sure, Plaga uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2.0 you know. is now the mold as well. Uh... <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's um, it, it was a lackluster boss, but I, I feel like the actual um, the challenge of the of Castle D was either wanting to avoid um or fight the the face eaters. Um, that was the main challenge of it, and mm. it was really cool to kind of you know, and even your like the resources were very limited. Yeah. Um, and even your special powers were limited. I actually said way earlier, I was like, oh, they are giving us this thing. I bet we're going to have to use a resource or something later on, right? And yeah, mm. then, lo and behold, we did. I mean, um, there's not even like a melee option, if...
2: is there? Um... No.
3: no. No melee no. and no we're... guard as well. I tried to use that so many times, and it got, yeah. and got F for it. Um, I found that the, the way that you leveled up was a bit silly, though I really want one of those blue canisters. Of course, I'm like a moth. <laughs> when it comes to anything blue um but the name of them is really silly it's like rw variant one something like it's like okay it's a little bit yeah. on the nose and strange <laughs> um that's another thing that kind of brought me out a little bit because uh, i didn't see why you had to do that i it would have been much cooler if there was like a i don't know like a uh, a spirit hand from michael or you touched the the words like he did with the gun and gave her a spirit gun it would have been fine sure um uh Oh, nice. Uh, sorry, Yellow. Yeah, you just say something in chat about someone is actually making those blue flasks. Yeah, it's so- our buddy
0: Retina, I think, is uh, he, he asked, so there you go.
3: Go follow Retina, everybody. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was actually... It's funny, because normally I have... In Resident Evil games, I have favourite sections, um, but both of these sections I liked for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, ca- Castle DI liked because it was cool to learn of different ways how to avoid things and the puzzles were cool um and it was quite it was it felt quick even though it's actually quite a long adventure your first time through. Um yeah. yeah. It felt just
1: right uh for me. Yeah. That's all I have to say.
0: Nice. Uh Kelsey, what did you make of the uh, return to the castle? Um
1: I promise I'm going to say some good stuff in a minute. But before I do, I just uh, I thought it was a little bit lackluster. The castle section, um, uh, gunplay, like it's fine, like and it's made really well. I like, should be clear, it's perfectly playable. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I just kind of found it a little bit boring. Um, there was a bit too much retread for me. Um, gunplay was a little bit too light. And again, it's a short DLC, so I'm not gonna hold it against it too much. Uh, there's no knife though, which that I am going to hold it against. That's kind of shocking. Um, <laughs> the um, So no knife runs for anybody. The, the small degree of puzzles, I think they, I probably enjoyed them less than, I mean, there wasn't really puzzles. The entrance to the basement was obviously a, a great one, with the statues. The rest of the puzzling was mostly just which mm. direction do I look in and point, you know, my powers. <laughs> um, I'm currently playing both Scorn and Signalis, and the puzzles in both of those games are incredible. <laughs> and it's not showing this DLC in a good light for me, and maybe that's like, you know, recency bias, but I think the puzzles are left a bit more to be desired. I thought the castle was a perfect opportunity for a few more puzzles, but yeah. I mean, the, the soul-sucking, the face-sucking enemies were really cool uh, at first, and then they just all looked exactly the same. And I think we're sort of back to the molded territory where there's this really cool design. And then, but it would have been nice to have, you know, variations. Uh, yeah, variations. Just okay, give, that's fair. give me one with two heads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, one with six arms, you know, or whatever. One uh, what with wasps coming out. Yes, it? there you go. We could have done that. Um, <laughs> they they uh, became. They were fine, like, I don't want to be too harsh on it, you know, they were cool, you, you mentioned the noises they make, Si, that was great. Um, the big new mechanic of using the powers to destroy cores works fine, but as I said, I, ha- I have issues with the gimmick, but I think that's just because uh, how it relates to the story, which we've covered. Um, the, the big new enemy, with the sort of melted faces and stuff, um, again, just a big lumbering brute with a big weapon, seen it quite a lot before. Yeah, yeah the, it, I enjoyed playing it. I want to make that clear. I did enjoy playing it. Um, I have no desire to play it again uh, because I'll have to play through the castle section. Okay, um, well. So, yeah.
0: In that case, uh, I'm going to let you kick off the second half. Cool. Uh, hopefully, this is where the positives come <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, the, the the next stratum, if so called, yes. of the Mega My Seat, where we return to House you know, Beneviento and, uh, just from immediately, I was like several, I had several, oh no's because you know, (laughs) the first one was like, please don't put me through that thing again. And (laughs) secondly, um, I, among all the many things that freak me out, the first thing you see as you walk towards the place is this old fashioned baby's pram that wheels out of nowhere by itself. I was already like, Oh no, I don't like this at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kelsey, how did you find what I think to be uh, definitely the stronger part of the DLC on a first playthrough? Who knows if it holds up mm. through many, many runs, but nonetheless, uh, I found it especially striking.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is it. This is my highlight. Uh, this Most of this section, I will say, I'll, I'll touch on something else in a minute, but like you said, just knowing where you are straight away was... puts the fear back in you straight away and after i'd sort of come away from the first half of the dlc feeling like okay this is kind of fun it's not blowing me away and then i got here i was like oh here we go here we go and then you get to the gate and you go through the gate you get to the lift and the lift changes as you go up and it just opens the door into the house and the giant monkey teddies are there and i was just like no what's gonna happen what's gonna happen so I, i had expectations but already i you know I I was confident that something good and scary was about to happen, so it sucked me right back in, and uh, yeah, the atmosphere was amazing, loved it, Um, you know, the highlight, uh, which I'm sure everybody's going to have thoughts on for me, is the Super Mario booze-inspired walking dolls, you know, this is just, (laughs) uh, so the mannequins, sorry, not dolls, yeah, Yeah. the You know, this is like, for me, this is what it's all about. And this is the gameplay section that presented something fresh, you know, with the kind of walking backwards and being careful. It was a little bit of genius. And then to throw, like, more of them at you as well (laughs) scared the crap out of me. Yeah, Um, It wasn't overly complicated, but it was hugely tense. And the lit up eyes, I tell you now, like, that made it even worse. This reminds me, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this, but there's a photo taken in uh, the Amityville house uh which is apparently a photo of uh a ghost of a young child and its eyes are lit up like these like these dot these mannequins i would be surprised if uh, that wasn't an influence for the design mm. here cuz it was so so good i'll try and find it later but um i will I, I think the the fetus of village uh for me had far more emotionally disturbing aspect about it but this is up there this is one of the scariest sequences ever in resident evil easily um and yeah I think it was incredibly effective. Um I just I would love to see Capcom pull out this atmosphere going forward and not the the sort of sparkly magic powers stuff. Um <laughs> the just quickly then the sort of subsequent section uh Honey I Shrunk the Rose with all the little dolls um <laughs> or big dolls I should say. I was a bit mixed on that section. Uh, lovely designs, some good atmosphere. Uh the stealth stuff was fine to play but I just would have liked a bit more you know uh, a bit more options to maybe distract the enemies or rather than just wait and walk a bit like traffic lights so it was mm. a little bit hollow uh, but I still really enjoyed it um so yeah on a whole on a whole gameplay was pretty good I think that second half rescued it for me uh, although a bit shallow in parts um and it's a short DLC. Like, I hear myself complaining. You know, it's like two or three hours. How much can they really cram in? So I'm not judging it too harshly. Uh, it was quite varied. But yeah, that's... I loved, loved the, the Beneviento stuff.
0: This is, like, a great example of me of, like, Capcom listening to the things that everyone was responding to about Village. Yeah. And... But not just copy and pasting and being like, oh, we'll put two babies in. Yeah. You
5: know. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Imagine.
0: how scary... That's how scary works, right? Like, the fact that we expect it, we didn't get it, you know, not just for my sanity, but for the sake of variety, was really good. And the mere mannequin things were jumpy and terrifying, but also quite fun. Like, I was laughing Mm -hmm. with fright and having a good time, (laughs) as opposed to the baby, which, even today, when I play through it, I curl up into a ball and want to die. Agreed. Uh, (laughs) Whereas this is, yeah, I just kept kept saying out loud when I was playing it, It it's like, this is so good. I was, you know, saying at the time, I can't wait till this DLC is out to see everyone's and hear everyone's reaction to this. Like keeping quiet about this, sort of the week that I got ahead of everyone on this was really tough because I was just, yeah, I was so jazzed on this doll thing. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, Steve, what did you make of Spookyville Part 2?
2: I think, much like everybody else, it was like the second that you knew where you were, oh, this is the path to the Veneviento house. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And the fact that, yeah, I was expecting pretty much a retread and we get another escape room which is, you know, another little puzzle where you got to find the dolls and learn, I suppose, a little bit about perhaps the people who are bullying Rose when she's growing up, maybe. Sure, yeah. You know, a bit of lore, trauma, and a puzzle. It's nice. And and then you get to go up against the Weeping Angels uh, from Doctor Who, you know, (laughs) as Mia. Yeah, no real complaints. They actually, to say that this area feels like the most, like, you know, we've just dumped a section from Village in terms of a location, they've got a lot out of it. Like... They, yeah. m- they managed to make a mechanical puzzle a different kind of puzzle twice like I'm pretty sure the area where, the, where you are teeny tiny rose is actually the same area you were just in anyway yeah uh, it is uh, turning yeah. that from a puzzle to then uh, you, know, to, you know was it red light green light we have to look at things and stuff you know, that mm. whole puzzle thing great and then you've got like you know tactical espionage dolls uh, you know, just <laughs> needs a bit of like you know a bit of tank <laughs> hanger music playing in the background you would be fine it's, yeah no real complaints uh, it's it's weird how mechanically, it works. I was actually at first wondering, are we going to get a, a gunfight in the Beneviento house? And then the prostitute rolls past, and like that all went out the window. But still a scary, horrible place. And then it capped off with a not-too-stellar boss fight against Eevee. Um, like I wasn't, the, the, the first few fights with Eevee, I wasn't realising you had to just crouch behind stuff. I was trying to move behind pillars and things. It just kept pasting me over and over again. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that, that could have used a little bit of uh, jank policing. So as a cap of the whole experience, it's a shame. Because up until then, it's fantastic. And the little, you know, the the jumping dolls and stuff, dolls don't really do anything for me. So the fact that just seeing their faces lean out of walls, peering at me, like, this a bit uncomfortable, actually.
5: (laughs)
0: Yeah, that bit was great, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'll I'll take it, yeah. Um, Just Mm, don't want to see a giant mirror ever again. I'm going to hear that (laughs) squeaky in my sleep. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah for sure actually you know I, my lit my note on the evelyn fight literally is it's a nice callback to the end of resident evil 7 uh but it's a bit more fun than the evelyn boss fight of Seven, where you just run towards her only slightly but i'll take it yeah. <laughs> it is it isn't a whole lot better but it is a little bit better certainly uh james what did you make of uh, the return to the house
3: oh man i loved it so much it's I great like, i like as soon as I was fully immersed... I mean, this was like a sleep adult James as well at the time because it was at about 5 a.m. in the morning. I wanted to play <laughs> this game on release, yep. right? So it was still dark outside, and I was like, I'm going to play um, not expecting this at all. And then when I got to that section, I was like, oh, what are they going to do? They can't do the baby again. Because if they do the baby again, it's not going to scare me. I've been no, this right. game so many times. Like, the baby is nothing to me now. It's I, you know... It's still one of the scariest things on first look. But, yeah, then they... (laughs) I mean, the reaction of my first reaction is out there on Twitter, where I just turn the corner, I see it, and I just go, Oh... (laughs) <laughs> I immediately know what's going to happen yeah. as soon as I see those eyes and also you get a couple of messages there's some messages you can't miss by the way guys so make sure to check, I mean if you want to be scared that is, make sure to check the walls as you're going around because you get a buttload of foreshadowing hmm. Um, before this like, there's a really cool scene where you're just you know you're, you're doing those little the puzzle things and then you come around a corner and there is just a back towards you there is just a standing Mia mannequin yeah. facing towards the lab yeah. um, and I was like oh, oh great fine that's great I at the time I was like oh they're just messing with me I did not even think that they were going to do something with that hmm. and then later on I you know you, you walk through into the lab and you get spooked by the mannequin literally as you walk in and Rose even like jumps which made me jump mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was yeah and that's when I started to think huh what the, the way they work with tension is so fascinating because they 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 use the puzzle as the tension piece. Mm. like the puzzle is the is the tall you know string yeah like so it's very true so, so like you know something bad is gonna happen after this puzzle. You don't mm. know when it's gonna happen. you have an idea of when it's gonna happen. like and you have an idea from the from the original game like of uh, where it could happen but no it doesn't happen at all in those places the game is constantly throwing sounds at you everywhere like to try and spook you um so you're constantly turning around right you go through a very long corridor from the lab to the breaker box because that's what happens in the original game you do that run and then the baby comes like so you're expecting the baby to come but you get all the way to the breaker box and then you click it and it doesn't work and you're like Okay, and then there's a big message on the wall, and you're like, "Okay, go through there." And yeah, it was terrifying. I remember the first one. I got, the first because I was like, "You say si. I like," I started giggling out of fright, and then I got, I started to try and imagine the route in my head mm. of how I was going to get to where I needed to get get to. Because basically, it teaches you or it tr- tries to teach you how to play the game inverted. <laughs> like yeah. in terms of movement which is really smart um cuz you're worrying about where to move and then there's this bit where you find that you got three on you and you're like oh great that's fantastic how am i going to run from these things and they basically when they grab you they like, open their mouth really really oh, jarringly it's awful, and, like, isn't like yeah um and then <laughs> the the peak of this whole thing was running with these running backwards with these three mannequins following you going through the where the Angie doll normally is sitting on the ground where the um where the uh the the motif is in the original game going through that door and then turning around to go around the corner and there's literally a mannequin on your right yeah
5: <laughs> As you yeah, go through
3: yeah <laughs> and you don't even hear it coming and i think it's literally, it's meant to be there just to scare you it's 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 literally like useless that thing um but It was great. It was fantastic. Really fantastic way to use, um, like a different. I'm I'm not scared by dolls normally. Like dolls don't bother me really, right? But the way it moved was so terrifying. Like it would even, even when you looked at it, it would take like an extra half step.
0: Yeah, the yeah the movement is everything, isn't it? Like the sort of when you turn away and turn back and it's halfway through (gasps) a step, staring at you. You know. And Uh, I remember.
3: I remember going so through the kitchen is where you have your first big opportunity where it can grab you because mm. you have to basically run to the bedroom um and that's yeah, and it, like I remember doing that because if you take it slow and if you try and drag it into the kitchen, it's gonna get you. you just have to run, right, mm. and I remember turning around and seeing it right in my face, oh, terrifying um yeah i got I got grabbed a lot during my first playthrough
2: <laughs> now
3: the next section again i don't find dolls that terrifying i thought like the i thought that the faces and like the giant faces the way the camera panned to them was really great um it reminded me of silent hill for the room where there's a big face that comes out of a wall and just Mm -hmm. its eyes are like wiggling and stares at you um i can't remember her name i think it's maria or something eileen Um, eileen gavin eileen um, but yeah, it reminded me of that. It was great. Uh, but when it got to the actual section, it reminded me very much of Limbo or Little Nightmares. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, sure. That whole that whole section, and I've yeah. not really ever been interested in those kind of games. I I like. I know that they're you know critically acclaimed and folks love them, but I've never been a, a big super fan of them because I've not really been a big super fan of just platformy games like mm. that are scary and have puzzles like i don't you know that and that's all you can really do with them and that's how i felt while i was doing the the doll section it just, it felt a little bit like filler to me mm. um yeah like you can that, and there was also like points where it was a bit redundant um you, you it gave you the illusion of choice when it came to using your white birch Mm. like it was like okay yeah you can still use your white birch on this and you're gonna have to by the way but we're not gonna tell yes. you that yeah, yeah true right it, it takes your agency away and it was kind of meh uh a little bit a little bit dumb when when the big Mia pops through the door that terrified me again because i thought oh god if i don't look at it, <laughs> <is> it <good?" laughs> but then i soon realized that no it's just a patrolling enemy and i was like mm. oh okay um yeah so it was It was... That was fine. It was fine. It just... I think it might speak to folks who have certain fears about dolls more, yeah, yeah, uh, than it did with me, Um, but the mannequin section is by far... I think... um, I know I'm not the only one here. I think that the mannequins are more terrifying than the baby, uh, for me. Um, My reaction to them was... Whereas the baby was very bombastic, and it was like... And my reaction was so visceral, like... In terms of how it came out, I felt a deep, deep fear of these mannequins. Like <laughs> it was like a, it was it was in a place I didn't realize. Like I was I I looked at it and I realized what I had to do, and it was like suddenly, a, it was a different kind of fear. Actually, yeah, I'll say it's a different kind of fear. It is. Than yeah, the baby. It is yeah. I
1: I don't I know think, how yeah. to describe it, but I yeah. think
0: Kelsey, you said it best when it's like there's something emotionally
1: yeah you know, the scary whole baby the baby yeah baby. the whole baby deal, and what that's connected to is is yeah that's yeah, i mean it's very upsetting and traumatizing, but the mannequins are you know that's horror movie terrifying yeah yeah. It's,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, it was awful, um but yeah, so I wouldn't say actually I wouldn't say any is better than the other, they're just from different uh right, for sure fear fierce stratums if we're using the game's <laughs> words <Indeed>. um <laughs> Um, In terms of the ending, because I don't think we've spoken about the ending um, in terms of gameplay, I didn't like the boss fight. Um, It was, again, like the executioner, it just felt very cookie cutter of, yeah. And let me tell you, by the way, guys, the keyboard and mouse controls for that fight are absolutely abysmal they're terrible i want if you've got a keyboard in front of you right now i want you to press on your WASD keys then i want you to press on e at the same time and then try and press a and d at the same time (laughs) while you're trying to aim and while you're trying to move forward or backwards that sounds fine it was not (laughs) i had to do do that multiple times the fight was dumb i did like the aesthetics but we'll go into that next of the the entire fight um i really uh, i meant like a couple of folks mentioned earlier on about the lines Miranda was saying there were some lines that were very throwaway but there were some lines that were just so the every time she says Eva or Ava like it rattles my bones like Miranda <laughs> every time she says that and there's also a line where she calls Ethan a pest yeah that was great. it was such a good line um but the rest of it was kind of throwaway um again I love seeing Miranda anyway so when I saw her I was like oh fantastic i love seeing you but i wish it worked a little bit more a little bit better for what you know what we were but then it kind of picked up again because i seen ethan and ethan was with us and we were running with ethan so i was like oh forget about all that forget about you just picked up a non-metaphysical physical crystal in a metaphysical world um (laughs) we're running with our dad now we're gonna get to the end and we're gonna win you know that that's kind of took over so they did well there. yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else to add. Okay, yeah, cool. I don't know I've said a lot. <laughs>
0: Let's, uh, you've definitely touched on some things I want to talk about next in terms of, sort of the last thing in terms of Shadow of Rose because we still have the other bits to get to. I'm sure we obviously have way less to say than we did for this. This is, as we say, the main course. Mm. So we definitely need to at least talk about the way that it looks and sounds at least to sum it up. Um, yeah, I mean, we go, we've all kind of touched on it a little bit. The cutscene direction in general is good throughout um for the most part. I really love, you know, James, I think you mentioned it first, but where and just that then as well, when you're kind of chasing after Ethan and he's got the shotgun he's kind of like silhouetted mm-hmm. and all that feels really cool. Um the cutscenes later after that broke my immersion a little bit because the ways they were finding to hide his face mm-hmm. <laughs> was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, which took me out of the emotional side of it because I was like, yep, there's Ethan's arm that takes up most of the shot." <laughs> there's his chin. Um, <laughs> right, exactly, I can see his chin. Um, yeah. that powers combined. <laughs> I, But overall, you know, I think the cutscene direction was good and it's really nice to see Village a bit different because obviously in the main game, it, all the cutscenes are from first person because the entire game takes place from first person from the moment you boot it up. So it allows for some more dynamic scenes like we get to see... Uh, the Duke's knuckles up close and all this stuff and, like, grabbing Rose by the face and stuff like that. And, Steve, you said about asset reuse, in terms of other points I want to make quick, is that, yeah, overall, pretty happy with it. You know, the way they use the the dolls in the house as part of a puzzle piece and the Evelyn doll from uh, RE7 I thought was really cl- clever mm-hmm. The sort of tiny, big island from Mario 64 was really good way to just, like, here's a whole new level, and we've literally just used the assets, which just changed everything's proportion, was kind of cool. And again, the, we've all talked about how great the Mia Mannequin was. It's an asset that exists in the main game. They yeah. just put it on a rig this time, mm-hmm. a really good rig. Stuff like that. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm okay with this. It's uh, familiar and new, and I'm, I'm happy with that kind of thing.
1: Um Kelsey, how do you feel about the way the game looks and sounds? I I think we've said it before, like the RE engine is one of the best out there for cinematic games. I think particularly character models, it just sort of, yeah, it blows me away with what they do with the characters. And, you know, the glimpses we've had of RE4 remake just look insanely good. And I think, although this DLC might not look quite as good as that, but this very, very high level and a lot of it looks amazing. There's many... Screenshotable moments as well for the environments yeah. um you know i was using the photo mode lows. i think james touched on the when you first walk out to the you're up the hill with a village and you know you see the skyline and stuff like that stuff although yeah. although like mm. i got issues with the story like it looks amazing it's just my you know my jaw dropped so it's it's mostly first class i think um there's you know a, the atmosphere i talked about uh, for the Beneviento house, I think there's there was a little, there was a few odd moments which I think might have been the result of turnaround time and this is another thing James mentioned which which I saw, some of the like, lighting and like, subsurfacing made Rose like, look plastic and look a bit weird, um, which is very uncharacteristic of like, an RE Engine game, it just felt like, yeah some of that was a bit off, um but that's just me being picky um, there's like she has some like rose has some weird strands of hair sticking out which was super off-putting as well but again it's just this is me looking for stuff to be picky about um, the game looks amazing uh, it's, the re engine is probably my favorite out there um, and yeah not too much to say about the sound really the um, uh, the monsters we've talked about the face suckers were really good the sound I sort of briefly mentioned earlier with the mannequins the, the creaking yeah. of them walking is so so good i mean kudos to whoever did, did that cuz they just they nailed it that was one of the creepiest parts that in the eyes um yeah uh not too much else to say looks stunning sounds amazing uh, the cackling laughter annoyed me but again it's just i'll brush it away too much of it looks the good outweighs the bad for the visuals and audio for me
0: Yes, agreed. For uh, for as far as Miranda goes, as sort of like hysterical villain, mm. uh, who knew the Duke was such a good Mark Hamill person? <laughs> <sort of. laughs> oh, uh, wow! There's one yes. line
2: actually that comes to mind when I see it now, and it's like you know, uh, was it your your imminent demise is inevitable, like or something? Like, those two words don't make sense, or something. <laughs> I, 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 I,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Steve, what did you make of uh, the aesthetics of the DLC? Uh,
2: strong when it was trying to do its own thing, I feel like. You know, when when, when any parts where you could fully recognise where you were and there wasn't much like flavour to the environment to make it different it was a shame. Like, I loved the the ballroom. I don't know where you, the, the piano was in the original. And it's now like a puzzle where you have to shatter multiple pianos. I like the, the aesthetic and it's how corroded and it's got like, mould going over the floor. The album cover aesthetic of the end area like amazing mm. visually mm. uh mm. the way that it all changes at the end when uh, rose gets her powers switched on into like it's dragon ball z fight mode well i don't know if the fight fits resident evil in general but like, the aesthetics of it are really cool like you know especially yeah. and, and screenshot wise when they haven't got like an arbitrary reason to hide ethan's face like everyone said it's pretty pretty tidy pretty well done um yeah, honestly, I've got no real complaints. The only real issue, essentially, for me now is those face sucker monsters should really wear Rose's face when they kill you, just as a final creepy little thing. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that would have been the yeah, perfect yeah. nightmare fuel to cap it off. <laughs>
0: That's fair, uh, James. Any final thoughts on visual and audio design?
3: Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I, I mean, we've mentioned like the problems, and yeah, they, they're pretty glaring, especially when you're in elevators. For some reason, I yeah. don't like Rose being in an, an, an elevator. I think there's too much overhead lighting coming down. Now, we, I mentioned this during um, the DLC stream that I did, but I think we're in, we're at a point right now graphically with hair where we can make hair look really dope, like in video games, but people don't have the hardware to make it look dope. Yeah. Right and it's been like a real problem i mean we got we had that point with fire we had that point of water now we've done fire really good we've done water really good but next we gotta do hair guys (laughs) okay developers we're gonna figure it out because it's you know with a game that looks as good as re village uh when you have just one thing that sets it apart like hair it can really ruin kind of your 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 story uh your journey through the story yes um you know uh so yeah they we need to figure something out because it's getting stupid now <laughs> like i can look at rose's face and go you know in one light and she looks oh she looks so freaking real and then i see like glitches in her hair yeah. you know <laughs> clipping through stuff um but uh, i put a note here saying that the best era graphically and it's because it was so dark um, was even though it's my least favorite area was the dolls section, like the as Kelsey put it, the uh, "honey I shrunk the Mia" or "honey the I rose. shrunk the rose." <laughs> um, yeah, section like it looked mm. really good. Yeah. Um, it looked fantastic, um, and it's because they used a darker shade. It's very easy to hide, um, you know, graphical itch, uh, errors and glitches when you have a darker uh, shade, which is what they do a lot in horror. Um, yeah um audio the face eaters the sound they make when they suck when they're sucking rose's face rose shadows of rose's faces off right or even when they're sucking rose's face off is horrific yeah Yeah. um and i really hope it's i really hope they're used but built on in future stuff because they're still terrifying and every time i I played it four times now and it's still terrifying every time i do not want to be caught by these things they (laughs) really they really like yeah unnerve me um when they do when 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 they do catch you um other than that oh yeah asset reuse so there i had a little look around while i was doing my hardcore run i was going to every room and i was noticing some cool things when it came to asset reuse so as you're walking around like i don't know if you guys felt this other than a couple of rooms like the big main hall and stuff the rooms, all of the rooms, the little rooms you can go to have changed slightly. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, and it, it, when you go into them, they feel similar, but they also feel a bit foreign. And like one big example was, you know, the room where you have to uh, shoot the four or five bells mm. <clears throat> in that room is a big one because the firewall where there's normally like a big clock swinging, is just a big wall with paintings on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is also a window um, where you shoot the fifth bell, um, that has been completely walled off now. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of like little things like that which make it familiar but unfamiliar at the same time. Um, I also love that the way I, I guess it's kind of fixed into, into visual. A lot of the game uh, hedges on you playing the original game, like Village, and that's, you know, of course you're going to be able to do that, but it's nice because it doesn't treat you like an idiot at times. Like, because there's a point where... Um, there's a point where the game tells you to go to the basement, right? Now, to any person that looks at that message, oh, we need to go downstairs. No, you don't go downstairs. You go on the first floor and you go to your right when you're coming out the stairs. Yeah. You have to go that way because that's the first time. And You know, if you played the game, it's just cool because it's like, it doesn't treat you like a fool. It's like, you know how to get to the basement. Mm-hmm. And the reason you know how to get to that basement is because that's the first time you get attacked by the sisters properly, yeah. right? And it's like, that is ingraining your mind i just found that pretty cool um you know it, it, there were certain points that didn't treat you like a fool and then there were points like the cookie cut fights where it did a little bit <laughs> um but yeah uh the the mannequins were a standout when it comes to audio the dolls sounded fine um they sounded like they were meant to be scary dolls <laughs> it didn't, <laughs> didn't really yeah the sounds of the gore as well like if the dolls caught you and they just stopped stabbing you it was like oh uh, uh, that was pretty cool mm. um yeah uh other than that not really got much more to say in terms of audio and visual that other people haven't said
0: i think actually is really good you reminded me talking of like small details i didn't write this down but i at least wanted to make mention of this Um, when you're talking about stuff that's sort of tucked into rooms it's interesting and it kind of plays into what we were saying about how it's I don't really know where the line is in the house is it always Evelyn is it Angie up to a certain point and then Evelyn shows up because it kind of feels like it could be Evelyn the whole time because it's the same voice actor for us obviously that's something that we can know for sure by like looking at other versions and seeing which voice actors they use but the whole thing was quite interesting because obviously you come across all these like drawings and stuff and whether that's on paper or on the walls which is quite evelyn and there's a particular moment that i actually avoided this on my first playthrough didn't even clock it but on my second uh, as you're going towards the sort of main room where you would have previously done the mannequin puzzle in the original game there's a painting of rose as she is now she even remarks on it if you go past it um and then when you come back through that way and whoever has drawn all over the walls they've like drawn across her eyes
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I never I was noticed like,
0: that? yeah when you come back through there's just like her eyes are all crossed out and stuff and i was oh, like oh that's really cool and then the next time there's no painting at all um it's nice. yeah i was like oh that's a really neat little thing again which james perfect proof like you might not have necessarily seen that it, but it's there for you to
3: discover yeah so i love it's, stuff like it's, that it's, that actually that just you just reminded me as well like that is another reuse of assets but not even in village that's a reuse of assets in re7 it might
0: like, well be the same drawings who knows
3: yeah because it's like i as i was going through there i was like i didn't verbally say it but i was thinking i recognize these drawings <laughs> in my head i'm thinking the game's trying to tell me that these are dr- roses drawings but they no i can't mm. put my finger on it
2: mm.
3: right but these don't feel and then when evelyn popped i was like ah okay yeah these are from re7 i recognize seeing these kind of drawings in re7 Mm. yeah
4: it would seem at some point during my experiments with consciousnesses an intruder made herself at home in my realm this intruder was none other than the failure evelyn had evelyn not interfered rosemary winters would have been on the verge of despair dispossessed of her will to live and her mutamycete powers instead a new passion burns within her and i shall have to extinguish it
0: let's talk about the other two bits we won't spend nearly as much time on them uh, because they are kind of uh, additionally extra cool nice little bits and pieces let's start with the mercenaries additional orders uh, which introduces three new playable characters to the mercenaries Chris Redfield, Lady D, and Heisenberg, and a couple of new sets of maps as well. Um, plus, a kind of like checklist of things you can do with a few associated rewards. Um, I think for me, this is a really worthy addition in the sense that, or maybe not. But, like, this is what Mercenaries should have been from the off. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the base game, it was fun, but it was just kind of like, well, there's not a lot to it. Whereas, especially coming off the back of the, the fact that we did a podcast earlier this, the, earlier this year on Resident Evil 4's additional modes, including the Mercenaries, this was a lot more in line with that, where it's just like, here's a bunch of characters, they've all got their own loadouts, they're all wacky, they're actually all kind of OP, the new ones, but they're fun to play as, you know, Chris going around punching things Instantly available and you have to unlock the other two uh obviously right from the off you're like okay this is big dumb fun and i like it um steve have you had much chance to play the mercenaries
2: today yeah but i have i have lacked on my uh my mercenaries playing the village because after the initial like release i was like oh this isn't one the mercenaries i remember and now i basically <laughs> neglected it so unfortunately i've had to spend like Most of the day, trying to unlock everything. I haven't unlocked anyone. of the normal characters, so I've only got Chris and Ethan. But the the difference is staggering. To say that Chris Mm -hmm. has basically got a few new moves, i.e. two melee moves and stamps and stuff, it adds a lot of flavour and charm. And if the other characters also have their own unique spins on it, I can see why it would be the way to go. I hope if RE4 follows the same route, making each character distinct in a similar way, it's going to pay dividends. It makes it, it, It's definitely the right framework. I feel like the arenas are obviously still the that weird raid mode courses that they were before. But right. The character flavouring is good. Like, from what I've seen of Lady D and Heisenberg, obviously, Chris, you, you know, this is the moment where you turn the game soundtrack down and you put the Doom music on. <laughs> that boy rip and tear until it's done. It's mm. fun. I'm going to have to yeah. pass on Heisenberg, Lady hands-on, though. I haven't played them, That's so. fair.
0: Like, you're at, it's good because you I mean you're right in the sense that like you feel like you're playing as Chris Redfield from the end of village, i.e., just like tearing through enemies. So I'm really glad they didn't turn that down particularly. He is just ridiculous. Uh and yeah, good fun to play as certainly. Um Kelsey, what's your been experience been with the new version of the mercenaries?
1: Uh it's really, really good. I think it's like you say, it feels like the proper mercenaries mode now. It's fleshed out, there's a bit more variation. In attacks and characters. Um, I would have really liked though the fact that I've paid for this to all the characters to just be unlocked straight away <laughs> which might feel like a cheeky thing to ask for but I still, still haven't unlocked Lady D um, because although it's slightly easier um, you've still got to do it, and I haven't had the time to do it. Uh, some
0: of the, some of them are quite long. The maps, exactly. to be fair, like one of them's like five maps in a row. It's like, eesh.
1: yeah. To to get Lady D, you have to get an S rank on the village of. But Village of River of Blood. Blood River. Right, okay. Mad yeah. Blood. Bloody River, yeah, yeah, the Bloody, Bloody River, River. River, that one. <laughs> um yeah. I really like Mercenaries mode. I played the, the, the mercenary mode when Village came out quite a lot. <laughs> um I have this weird like <laughs> relationship with it where it's quite stressful to play, but I like it and it's definitely a mode that you can practice and you know you know chase the better score and stuff I think the replay value is really really good losing your combo really upsets me but but I like it it's a really good experience I'm um, really looking forward to trying lady D I thought Heisenberg is quite a cool character to play as as well um James gave me a recommendation for getting an s rank with Chris which worked like a treat uh, maxed out his pistol uh, did that today. Um, so s S-ranked the not the bloody river the other one the bloody village um, mm. yeah it's really really good very pleased with this I mean I don't want to sound spoiled but it's like oh it'd be nice if there was a couple of other characters on the way but you know as, as well because I just feel like as a mode you know they could do so much more and I don't know if, if it was Steve that mentioned this but with Resident Evil 4 remake coming out could this just be the base Mercenaries mode now and they yeah. just port everything over from Remake 4 and add to it? Because, yeah, we could have a Mercenaries mode forever now. Why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about. I Yeah, the only thing about it for me is, like, the maps are uh, kind of samey, like, throughout. The new ones are good. Like, the river in particular is obviously quite nice because it's totally different to the rest, but yeah. mostly it's just kind of like, you know... Yeah, some places from the campaign <laughs> yeah. just kind of over and over again sometimes you're running through them in sort of reverse direction but other than that it's kind of like bah. but yeah Heisenberg's an interesting one for me because uh, I mean everyone all of these new characters feel OP to be fair and Heisenberg's in a weird patch where I just basically just use the hammer and then <laughs> a little bit of scrap for long range because he can't hit anything otherwise maybe the odds sold out Jet. but like he's got this weird like magnetic field and I was like I Don't find myself ever using it. I don't need it. The hammer just cleaves through everything. And I find Lady D to be similar in that she's just (laughs) ridiculous. All of these characters just mow through enemies. James, what's your uh, experience been with the mercenaries? And as you put it, like the gremlin sounds of Lady (laughs) D.
3: (laughs) So... So I think this game and this uh, uh, like I think Gold Edition is worth it purely to hear Maggie Robertson scream like a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, fun when, when she gets her thrill meter to the max. It's so funny and so ah, oh, it feels so good. Um, however, I have some critical things to say um, when you go into that more hardcore. I got SS rank on the first hardcore new map, and I got triple S on the second yesterday. And no, don't play Lady D or Heisenberg on them. Just play Chris. Okay, like, because the problem that you've got is that everything hits so hard in hardcore that, mm. like, if you are playing Lady D or you are playing Heisenberg, which are predominantly melee characters, yeah, right. Then you're 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 probably going to die fairly quickly unless you mm. get like the adrenaline or something like that, which gives you HP with every attack and things like that. Like you could probably have some fun with that, but I'm not to say I didn't use melee attacks with Chris because I did use straight jab. It was mainly only using straight jab on big creatures. Um, yeah, but Chris is, I think, Chris is by and far the most OP character. <laughs> um in <laughs> additional orders just because of that like the other two are very fun and they're you know and i would have liked it if <laughs> this is gonna sound wild i, I would have liked it if you completed like s rank or double s or whatever with those characters i would have liked it if then you could play the main game as them <laughs> right <All laughs> i don't think like that. that would work but it would <laughs> be fun it, yeah make maybe make lady d slightly smaller or something i don't know but <laughs> it just would have been it just would have been fun like it's the problem with this dlc and this gold edition is that it's clearly meant to be for like to bring new people into the game because mm. i literally find no use about the things that i've unlocked like if you complete um like if you get at least 25 s ranks or something like you unlock uh quote special customizations which are these passive bonuses to your guns that's in the main All campaign of- yeah that's in the story mode yeah um and that's every gun other than special guns so chris's guns and like the the ones you unlock like the stake and the pz hand cannon and stuff like that mm. um yeah everything else gets like a little passive uh thing um like the shotgun like the m17 the m1917 gets um a point blank passive um which does more damage the closer you are to something um like the grenade launcher gets a, a wider um, aoe area of effect mm-hmm. um it also seems to fire straighter i feel like um and like the the M- the v61 fires faster you know they get like but that's useless to me <laughs> yeah because i've completed the game i've 100 percent it now i you know so it's it's there for folks who want an easier time getting hardcore in. you know uh, right and Village of Shadows going to, yeah exactly yeah I was about you to know. say mm-hmm. so it, the the gold edition is mainly for newer players which is fine you know I just, it would have been nice to have these things from the off uh, more customizations but as Kelsey said I honestly think that they're just testing ground here and they're just mm-hmm. mounting a foundation to what RE4 is going to become which is why they haven't put too much work into um, Mercenaries itself uh, in terms of the maps they're fine like they're that you were saying earlier on, they take too long. Like, there's literally one map in but the second map of the new ones uh Bloody, Bloody, no, Bloody River. Is it? Yeah, Bloody River. Yeah, so um, two, I think, isn't it? There's one, no, no, there's a there's like four maps. Oh, okay. But, but, but there's one that has a hundred enemies on it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's like, holy, but. If you do well with the other two, and I'm going to tell a little trick here, if you do well with the other t- the other two or the other three, how many ever it is, right? Then by the time you've got about 25, 30 enemies killed, you've you've got your triple S. Like mm-hmm. it's a bit silly. Mm-hmm. Um, now the trick um, is uh, on hardcore. <laughs> I don't know why they did. It. Maybe because they were like, ah, oh, I just had a little bit of fun. They give you a f- they give you this like super powered dragoon with every bullet it does 500 damage <laughs> to put into perspective then the average dragoon does 110 <laughs> that is weird <laughs> right rip and turn so, and and, yeah exactly and they give you they give you this dragoon that you can buy for 25 grand right that i mean it has limited ammo right so basically what your tactic is is use your use your pistol on your small enemies and then just use, use the dragoon on the like the varkalak or the jets or whatever. Right, and just mince through stuff. You get it easy. It's not even hardcore when you get that thing. <laughs> it's just easy core right, at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, 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 mean, I'm just going to echo everybody else said. So we should have got this right at the beginning, mm, um, yeah. and I would have had way more fun with mercenaries. I mean, I did have fun anyway, but yeah, it could have been, it could have been something more.
5: Mm.
0: Well, talking of uh, fresh playthroughs and people that might be coming to the game for the first time, I think that might also be accurate. For the final piece of this puzzle, which is the third-person perspective, Um, if you're not interested in playing through the campaign again, this will have really no use for you. But obviously, it's an entrance point for a lot of people who haven't been able to play the game before for accessibility reasons and stuff like that. And I think, before we even really get into necessarily what we think of how it feels, I think we can probably all be in agreement that this is just good that it exists for that reason Um, and also something that personally I didn't think was really ever going to happen there was a lot of talk where it's like oh add the add a third person mode to this first person game and maybe I was too harsh to kind of like you know shrug that off you know it's been directed this way for a reason it's probably not going to happen offering multiple perspectives must be really hard work for you know the way you want to direct your game and i don't know it just it, it really it seemed like a big challenge and they have capcom's devs have described this as basically like making a whole new game which i guess kind of like makes sense um i was overall a big fan of this i won't necessarily get into my specifics uh, right away but james what did you have you played through you know outside of shadows of rose but have you played through the campaign at all in third person
3: yeah, I I did some game, uh, gun testing and I did a full playthrough Right. Um in third person and it's it's fine. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> like it's it's like I, I I remember it being announced and like I remember a lot of people on Twitter like getting up in arms about it like and mm-hmm. then when they played it they were getting up in arms about it about it being a little bit um chunky and like a little bit like you know clunky at some points is what i meant to say not chunky, chunky. Um that's what the, ju- the duke is um <laughs> but yeah it, it's not there like i i feel like the way it like transitions from Ethan's eyes to cutscenes and stuff like is is kind of cool um you also get to see some like extra you get to see extra content because you get to see the rather than the uh lichens like just you know, you zooming in and seeing the lichens chomp on your neck. You get to see them chomping on your neck from a third-person perspective, Hmm. Um, as well as, like, other stuff as well, you know, other animations. They've really uh, done a lot of work with a third-person, and we did need it. Um, And I will be... I'll be really, really happy with Capcom if they build this into future Resident Evils. It needs to be a choice that people can have um you know for accessibility reasons you we want more people to play these games right so you create create more modes so people can play them like there's people guys there's people who are fans of the resident evil series and have been for like a couple of decades and they haven't even played re7 because yeah. it doesn't have first person and you know they keep hearing from people you know they keep hearing from people "Oh, re7 is the best thing that's happened since the trilogy and they can't play it because they get motion sickness and you know, or they get, you know, or they have other problems, mm-hmm. you know, um, while, while playing, you know, they can't immerse themselves into a first person experience, which is, I completely understand that, you know, I've, you know, if people have, if people have like, uh, criticism, criticisms like that, which aren't really, which aren't hugely detrimental to the game itself um it should be listened to and capcom have done that um so yeah i hope i hope they give in the future I hope they give uh i hope they give future games more choice in in that regard i mean we used to have it all the time actually now i think on it we used to have like this kind of choice all the time in video games i mean that
0: is true there are many games out there from uh certain genres and certain eras where yeah you just click a button and it kind of goes in and out you know
3: yeah, yeah. like it's and it was like a it was just a you know, it's just a regular thing, but now it's like, oh no! So it has to be first person. It has to be third person. is like, No, it doesn't. Never mm. used to be. So it doesn't mm. need to be. I just, you know, that's why these people love those games.
2: If you permit you know, me the snooty different. voice, it's an autistic decision, and we are going oh, to stick God. to it for the sake of it because marketing reasons. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like I, the thing is, I've had
3: this. I'm not going on a little. I'm. I am going to go on a rant actually. So, Dark Souls, Bloodborne demon souls like in first person james i'm sold let's go no 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 wait i'm going on i'm going on on one here right i remember having had a disagreement with somebody online about uh, artistic artistic choice and it was due to the difficulty of those games yeah i knew that was coming and like i as a as a as a veteran of those games like i love those games and what they offer right it makes no sense that you want less people to play your game because of artistic choice. It's like, like you're literally making a choice to not give these people choices, and not give yourself money if you don't add like a story mode or something. Yeah, like I understand. Like you just need to add a story mode and the regular mode. That's all you need to add. People want to experience your game, like and it goes the same with Ari. Like let people experience your game. Let people experience your game how they want to play it. And if you and we have the capabilities, Capcom has the money, so let. No, let, let it happen.
2: I mean, with some of those games. Not to get completely off track, but like if someone gave me like a tourist version of Bloodborne, where I could just admire the aesthetics and wander mm. around, and so <laughs> right. Soaking the ambiance of a cursed Yarnum, I'd before that, yeah. like
3: a like a creative mode in Minecraft. Mm. You know, where you can just <laughs> float around and look at stuff. Like, <laughs> in fact, more games should have that. But I think developers are probably a little bit scared of that, even though we have third-party programs that do already. <laughs> mm.
0: I think you're right though, get to, like, to to get to the fine point of it, as you say, hopefully uh, this becomes something that Capcom can, now that they've done it, they can consider it for a future game, and it might not be Remake 4, but it might be Resident Evil 9 or something like that, certainly, like, mm. you know, the, the fact that it's an option now is, is good, certainly. Uh, Kelsey, how did you feel about the third-person inclusion? Have you had a chance to play it at all yet?
1: Yeah, I played it for a couple of hours, um, works great, like, I think... Any sort of opinion I have on it is just overrided by, like you said, the kind of unbelievable fact that it exists. <laughs> that they did yeah. do it. And it's amazing that it exists, you know. I'm so glad it does. Um it works great. I think from a technical standpoint, it's definitely more difficult to go from a game that was rendered in first person back to third person because first person allows you to hide loads of stuff, you know, like if you watch Terror Parts, you'll see that legs are missing and arms are missing and stuff because you don't ever need to see this stuff in first person mm. so they probably had a bit more work to do but you know that's just neither here nor there really like that's part of the process I'm sure they've opened up uh, the game to loads more people by doing this it's amazing that it exists and yeah I, nothing else really to say it work works great liked it
0: mm. yeah you know I, I I played through the entire game uh, once with it and I'll probably do it again. Uh, for one specific reason, yeah. But overall, shockingly, it feels right to me. Really? Not like in a way that it's like this is the way that it always was. Like <laughs> you can tell that this is the other mode, partly because of that sort of like you know zapping in and out of Ethan's eyes with the cutscenes. But doesn't feel like a lacking mode at all. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Like this, it changes up the combat in interesting ways for someone who's played through Village multiple times. Um, spatial awareness is definitely a thing now and makes you I don't know it just makes you approach combat differently you can dodge more and it's actually for me specifically made the knife more viable because I could kind of see more around me and I yeah. knew when to move back a little bit easier which I always struggled with in first person so maybe I can finally do that knife run Ooh. challenge which is the last thing I've got to do uh, so that was nice there are no major changes to the game at all the only bit is that the tank part is in first person still, which I kind of understand that will be that. I mean, I think it is possible to have done that in third person. It's a shame that it didn't, but I can also see that that would have been a whole other set of challenges. But uh, yeah, that once you get out of the, the tank with the Heisenberg boss fight, it goes immediately back into third person as it should. Uh, Steve, have you had a chance to play through third person at all?
2: Yeah, but perhaps why I'm lacking in mercenaries mode experience is because I've been basically just going through the main campaign again. Um, mm. I, it feels oddly enough, you know, like you said, it ch- it's adjusted my playstyle considerably. Like, I'm yeah. one of those people who touts the fact that Ethan can block the sun if you give him enough effort and time. Well, <laughs> now I don't need to, I can dodge it yeah
0: I, I don't think it's funny you said it because when we were talking about how rose couldn't uh, guard in shadows of rose it made me think i don't think i used the guard button at all on my playthrough yeah. in third person because i didn't think about it because it's it's not in remake two and three so ergo my brain forgot about it <laughs> mm,
2: exactly like uh, i haven't got as far as Heisenberg, so i, I kind of i was really looking forward to seeing the animation where he like catches stern's blades and because it's such an insane moment in first person <laughs> um we have already spoken about the 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 switching back and forth from first to third in cutscene wise i understand why it's there because you have to redo the entire friggin cutscene and that's like dev time and money that's just not worth being spent it is jarring but it's acceptable for the actual gameplay experience and i generally feel a bit more manic Uh, i kind of i wonder if this is just generally how i'm going to feel for village uh, not village re4 now um i think what we've all said about accessibility is 100% true. And if Capcom ever do dare tread and go, we're not going to remake RE7, Jesus Christ, do not remake RE7. But if you <laughs> ever do need to do it, have a reason for new people who've already bought it to buy it again, some yeah. kind of gimmick mode with a third-person camera for RE7 would round out the set if you do it like this. This is less hacky and jank than the RE2 mods of the inverse, where you, know, you would go to first-person Leon and Claire and Jill. So yeah, sure. Uh, yeah very well done it's surprising really it feels a lot fresher for me and I know that's it's just a camera angle change Steve but it genuinely I, yeah I'm having, a, I'm having a great time with it third uh, person um, cool
0: all right, fantastic. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's give our conclusions on Shadows of Rose. What did you think of it as an overall package? Let's try and keep it spoiler for three for the people that might have skipped <laughs> the vast majority of this podcast and just listened to the mercenaries and the third person. But what do we think of it as a DLC package? Uh, did we think it's a, a worthy addition to Village? So on and so forth. Uh, Steve, why don't we start with you? What's your final thoughts?
2: Uh, genuinely, it's... <sighs> It's a complicated mixed bag, but mostly enjoyable. I think my main issues with it come purely from a narrative that is far flung and removed from the core Resident Evil narrative anyway. It's like 16-odd years in the future, centered entirely around that. So yeah. if if the narrative issues were completely swept away, it's perfectly fine. Like I, I think it's probably the most sizable bit of content. I mean, if this was... Of another era like RE7, it would have been like several different bits put together, which this does feel like yeah. in a way, but for what you get, it's really it's enjoyable, it's sizable. Mercenaries is going to probably be where you spend most of your time. If not, uh, welcome to your first time playing Village. Now it's in third person. They did a really good job, excluding the cutscene switching, but you're going to have to greet your and bear I can't talk more mm-hmm. about Shadows of Rose because spoilers, uh, but it's okay. The horror atmosphere is really strong i feel like if capcom finally wants to bite the bullet and do a new haunting ground they have framework now
0: (laughs) yeah uh cool uh kelsey what are your final thoughts on uh the winters expansion
1: uh i think despite like my criticisms it's it's awesome like it's a great expansion it's completely worth the money the i think you know the package you get with the DLC is incredibly good value. The production standard is really high. I think the replay value of Mercenaries mode is fantastic. Um, And yeah, just my issues were like Steve, just with the story, Um, you know, it bent the shark a bit too much for me. Um, Felt like I wasn't really playing a Resident Evil game, but it's just a personal thing. Um, You know, what was there functioned perfectly well (laughs) as a game. Um, Mm. I know I sort of said earlier that I probably wouldn't play it again but this conversation has definitely brought me round and I'll I'll go and play it again, I need to get the the hardcore achievement anyway so um, yeah. as an experience there's loads to take from it, it's a really substantial DLC Um, story's not the direction I want resident evil to go but you know wow, well, where well, that's just me um th- <laughs> like third person mode is great as well and i think you know if last of us can get remade then capcom can add third person to resident evil 7 so let's make that happen uh, <laughs> yeah uh definitely play it it's it's really good it's worth the money um issues with the story but i i enjoyed my experience of the dlc
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with both you guys, certainly, even, again, I also have issues with some of the story direction, but as I said, I can sort of forgive it because it's its own little pocket thing, and, you know, I expect that uh, it's going to stay that way, potentially. I guess we'll see. But uh, as an experience, despite the fact that I ragged on the narrative, um, but as a a complete experience, I did enjoy Shadows of Rose. Um, That is a worthy sort of core part of the experience, and it's kind of funny because... You know, we had a lot of praise for RE7's DLC, which did a lot of different things and tried out a lot of stuff. And this is a similar level for me if I was doing a sort of tear-death experience for DLC, and that's a brilliant idea, so I write yeah. that one down. <laughs> um, I think that it's it it's just as good, but in its different ways, where it's there's a lot of, like... It, they clearly looked at what was sort of missing from village uh, and targeted some specific things like the request for a third person mode like the complaints that mercenary the, the mercenary mode as you put it uh was very lacking and this hanging story thread about rose that they weren't maybe necessarily actually going to come back to for all we know um so they've definitely approached it i think in the right way and yeah it's a it's a worthy package indeed and very happy with it. James, final thoughts?
3: Oh, um, we've arrived. Um, <laughs> I, I put down in my notes, that, like, is is it the DLC we needed? No. Is it the DLC we wanted? Also kind of no. <laughs> um, but is it, is it a worthy game to play for new Resident Evil fans? Yes. Hmm. I think it's, not to, like, get in
0: your way, but, yeah, I think, like, Village Gold Edition. Uh you know when they're like this is the complete edition. It feels yeah. like the complete edition, right? Like if you're gonna pick up yeah. Village and you haven't before, you'd be silly not to get this version.
3: Mm. Yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. It is um yeah. For a new like in fact I just because of what experience and the new stuff you get, like I am even more inclined to recommend this game to people now. Mm um you know new people to the game even people who don't know Resident Evil I feel like they you could play this game absolutely um, um and it not it stand alone like I think that's kind of a strength with all Resident Evils to be honest that you could do that with any Resident Evil um and even with the DLC um you could play it on its own and kind of have a good idea about what's happening
0: yeah there's only um, a couple of things there to that like RE7 that would be confusing but I guess you can take that as like well clearly I need to explore exactly yeah it
3: like it 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 it, it wants you to explore more it wants you to learn more Hmm. uh yeah it's 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 really not what we all wanted as a dlc we we wanted um even though we don't like it very much we wanted ada wong um (laughs) (laughs) um, i wanted more information about the lords i wanted more information about the Mega seats um we did get some information um but yeah it's it's definitely a worthy play i've put um additional hours i put i think it's about 12 hours into this into this dlc mm. including the mercenaries including third person and including the dlc uh so far um mm. the dlc the you know it all cost me 15 pounds so it's almost paid for itself So if we're going to think of it that way, it's, yeah, Yeah. kind of. But again, you've got to remember that I have completed everything. I've done everything. Um, And I've also, you know, in the base game, I've got over 100 hours in it. So Mm. it's definitely worth it if you look at it in that regard.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, it depends on, obviously, what you're looking to get out of it. If you're not going to play through the campaign again, the person mode probably isn't going to do anything for you because you're not going to play through the game. If you're not interested in the mercenaries, then you're probably not going to get anything out of that which just leaves Shadows of Rose which again controversial perhaps storyline wise and maybe even gameplay wise but uh, yeah as long as you know what you're getting yourself into as you said James quite rightfully as a new as someone coming to Resident Evil Village for the first time uh, this is yeah the complete version certainly well Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors, our Patreons, and our listeners. Join the First Aid Spray Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. All of these links and all of our content can be found at faspraypod.com. You can listen to the podcast live on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and all good podcasting apps and if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word. Don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merchandise or at patreon.com forward slash FA Pod for as little as $1 a month. On our next episode, we conclude our year the same way we always do, with all the fun and goodwill of the quiz. Controversy, confusion and a chase for the crown will ensue in Trivia Challenge Round 4. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Saniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. James is at Moist outlets OFF. And Kelsey is at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week.
2: I think, I think James might be onto something if we go full tinfoil hat for a second and just like let's go to the end level degree okay so they're an umbrella based wasp nest which means that these shadow men face eaters are in fact effigies based around Miranda's hatred of Spencer there we go I like it yeah
0: also let us not forget the importance of the word nest yes. in yes. the re yes. engine That's, this is the real nest three except
3: yeah. it's a wasp nest yeah RE9 is going to be nothing but wasp enemies. <laughs>
1: Everyone get the newspapers out. Yeah. But on that bomb job, um, the, whole, yeah. the whole
0: game is like Chris running around with an open like glass full <laughs> of lager trying to keep it away from him. He's at a picnic. There's wasps everywhere. It's a nightmare. <laughs>